great introductions. Uh, great. Yeah, that again. All right. So uh, great introductions, uh, all. Uh, Teddy, just so you know, I edited about 30 minutes of your uh, introductory speech out. Uh, and it was still too long. Uh, but uh, that's okay. I think the audience will get most of it, right? Um, and uh, we've got a debate coming up, uh, which is going to be interesting. And uh, weirdly, the debate is going to have more people in it than what's on the show right now. Uh, also weird. Timey-wimey uh, magic of podcasting, people. Uh, that's all I can say. So <laughs> what, uh, what I want to do now is uh, get into uh, the discussion uh, portion of this. Uh, not the debate portion of this, not the joke portion of this, not the introduction portion of this, but the discussion portion of this, the philosophy of this. It's time to get serious. It's time to say something useful that people can take with them. That's why so serious, Joker. Take that. Um, and uh, let's uh, let's break some of this down a little bit, shall we? Um, I think uh, I think this will be a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, in my notes, I have spirited conversation about the following. Spirited, people. Spirited. You don't have to ask us twice. I felt like I did. Um, so, with that, why have all of the major franchises decided that at some point their superheroes end up fighting each other? This is one of the superhero tropes that really bothers me uh, in the superhero uh, world, given a, time, a long enough timeline, uh, they will fight each other. Uh, and this seems to be a, a fairly new phenomenon. Uh, it, uh, but I guess there were always in the, in the comics maybe some strains of tension or, or jealousy or whatever that's in there. But these days, it's just outright, uh, you know, I'm going to kick some Spider-Man ass, um, you know, and I don't, I, I'm not entirely sure what that says about our culture or why, uh, why uh, our comic writers feel like that's an important theme, uh, but it does seem to be an important theme. Who wants to, uh, who wants to take this first? Can I'll I ask go, for I'll... a clarification first? Sure. Okay. Well, so pretty straightforward. I felt like I was really clear. I thought so. Uh, yeah, well, you know, when you you know when you leave your medication behind, you'll understand where the ambiguity is, or you might just find it when I ask the question. Okay. So, um, are you talking about Marvel on Marvel characters or Marvel on DC characters? Because um, this idea that superheroes fight each other not only happens within, like, uh, you know, Superman and Batman being mad at each other, but it, but there's a, a broader trend in comics to even have a, a sort of multiverse fight between. Uh, between good guys from alternate, uh, you know, from alternate publications and that kind of thing. So, what are you, um, what are you actually after when we answer? Yes, all of it. Uh, okay. But, but my main thought is mostly uh, the Civil War type stuff in in universe uh, fighting within, within of, universe, uh, right? So because outside of universe, it's it's kind of rare that um, they get to that they get to meet up outside of universe. Uh, so fanfic does that and there may be some some official stuff like that but it, these universes are big enough uh so that you know when you get a franchise like um guardians of the galaxy uh say and 
uh, oh, Iron Man. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Shut up. Not uh, not the Space Force reference. Okay, so yesterday. <laughs> these, yesterday these feel yesterday, like different universes. That's all I'm saying. Oh, uh, look, well, yesterday well, makes it a good came story. out it's really that, that basic. Um, our new branch of the military, the U.S. Yeah, Space called, Force, yeah, they right. will actually be called Guardians. Stop. It's just, I, stop. just it's not my fault. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to wear a halo mixture in there too. Wow, that's great. So well, yes, and, uh, and we're gonna just ignore whatever the kid said, uh, Andrew. Um, <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I will. I will have you know Look, that uh, Iron Man gives Spider Man all through the entire universe, but he ended up giving him all of his uh, empire at the end. So this means that Chase might, in fact, inherit one of our past podcast empires. I mean, I'm so fine. sorry, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Chase. Don't worry. <laughs> Chase, don't take it. It's a bad deal. <laughs> oh, wow. my, empire, my empire is not really much bad. bigger than my smaller spare room, so it's not much of an empire. Oh, look, my grandfather's sock collection. If Great. someone tries to give you a, a podcast, just ask yourself why they're trying to give it away. <laughs> Don't ever take it. Um, so, yeah, Andrew, um, you uh, you look like you have some thoughts about this. Uh, what What's with all the infighting? Why... I mean, uh, Matthew says, oh, well, conflict makes a good story. Bah! Uh, we have bad guys for conflict. Why do we have to have conflict between our heroes? Because uh, the best kind of hero I'm is... I'm sorry, Andrew. I should, have, I should have started that with Andrew. Um, <laughs> well, you okay. know Matthew's full well he's not too. actually going to answer the question. And 20 minutes later, we're going to have to ask the question again. Why don't you just ask someone who's going to answer the question? Okay, John. I'm sorry, uh, the Brit is saying host, something else friend. irrelevant. Would you like for me to talk now? <laughs> I, I quit. Uh, John, uh, it's all you, buddy. <laughs> so, well, I, I think I the reason... For everybody. Uh, John, go ahead. I'll follow. Okay, so... Um, in the universe, they've been fighting, heroes have been fighting with each other forever, uh, first off. But, but um, Marvel more so than DC. DC is just copying Marvel like they have been for 50 or so years now. Um, but to answer your question, it's largely due to two factors. One, right now the country is pretty much evenly divided on absolutely everything. Uh, so it reflects in our media. But the uh, b bigger issue, I think, is that the people who are in control of the um, Marvel, uh, in, in control of the, uh, the universes, remember when they were little and they had these conversations, well, Spider-Man can, uh, uh, can beat up Captain America and all that. Now they have the power to put that into action. And that's what we're seeing. Andrew. Uh... So I think I think there's a I think John's right. I think there's a uh, I think part of the reason that we end up with superhero uh, friend on friend conflict is because it's a natural evolution of the backstories of the superheroes. Um, if they didn't have different backstories, we wouldn't have very interesting uh, superhero dynamics, but to create even an interesting universe where you've got 
superheroes that are that are friends. They have to have something different in their backstory. They have to have different personalities, uh, similar but not identical goblins. And at some point, uh, just in the natural evolution of the story, I think those goals, uh, they have to conflict. And you either ignore those conflicts or you let those stories play out naturally. And we see this inside, uh, we see this inside companies like Google. Uh, how often is it that, um, uh, that Google employees uh, stage a walkout? Well, you know, about every other day, right? Because, <laughs> because how can they not? Even, even if you think uh, all of these people uh, are aligned, they can't be perfectly aligned. And you can't be true to those characters uh, and walk away from the potential conflicts that are that are necessary in the backgrounds of the superheroes. So, uh, Matt, I'm going to give you a chance to come up with a better answer after we hear from Chase. So. I think I do think it was just a little bit more than like I I do agree with John. It's definitely wanting to see Spider-Man face off against Iron Man or or Batman fight uh, Hulk um, and things like that. But at the same time, it's also ultimately realizing when we chose these heroes that at in the finer points they do have uh, different morals. Um, so how can we not imagine a situation in which? Uh, two people's morals come in conflict on how they want to save people and how they want to save the world um, or on how they want to listen to the people around them. Um, just like Civil War is the depiction of um, wanting to control the heroes for the people or the heroes realizing that people can't control them. Um, who is ultimately right? Uh, I mean, that's it's really just a matter of opinion. Who can argue it better at, the, at that moment, to be quite honest? Um, <clears throat> because as far as it sounds like from Cap's side, why would the people why would the people who are weaker not have a say in how the people who are stronger are going about? And then as far as um I'm sorry, Iron Man. And Cap's point of view, uh uh how they don't realize everything that we that we're capable of and what we can stop. And ultimately we are causing a a much less harm than what's than what's supposed to happen. And that's why we act in the way we do. And I just think it's to write that out is just to, well, how can you not want to play that out? Because ultimately everyone wants, wants that question answered. It never really does once, once they actually play on the comics. But it's just nice to see that, uh, like, not all, not, it proves that not all good is good to everybody. Okay. I'm going to come back to that. Uh, that's a, a good answer. Uh, Matt? Uh... You guys are all looking into this way, way, way too deeply. <laughs> Two years ago. The, the movies and all the storylines, it was Ford versus GM, and people went, got behind their favorite uh, hunk of metal and they cheered that on, and that's what the battles were. You know, and then, what, 20 years after that, you know, it was the Japanese cars, it was Honda versus Toyota, the first Fast and Furious movie, all the baddies were driving Honda Civics. You know, this is what happens. It, they bring in the, whatever the culture thing is now, and now we've got movie special effects which can do awesome fight scenes and so hey let's have the superheroes they've got super powers and we've got special effects that can do them so now you're doing the superhero versus superhero and as all you know 
people will get behind their preferred superhero and there'll be a big dramatic scene and they'll be on the edge of their seat and go, no, my guy's going to win. No, my guy's not going to win. And it's just about drawing the audience along on a story. And conflict makes an interesting story. It really is that basic. I gave you that much time to come up with a better answer. And you still circle back around to it's it. It's the right so, answer. That's Teddy, um, Teddy, uh, before I come back in here, let's let's hear what you have to say. I think probably the number one reason why they do it is because it's disturbing to see two superheroes that you know you admire and that you grew up loving to see them fight. It's probably something akin to men going to a bar and seeing two women mud wrestling. <laughs> I, I can assure you I that's a different thing entirely. <laughs> not, not at all the same thing. I, I would do that. I, we'd be straight back to Banana Man again. Only if they had one. <laughs> you, you just have a complete misapprehension of why men uh, like female mud wrestling, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Can mean, I have it in just, Jello instead, it's please? Watching, it's like watching a prize fight, and um, but I think that when you add the element of how <clears throat> disturbing it is, and fortunately, I have not seen the, any of those shows um, where have, you know, like Batman versus Superman, because that is to watch them. disturbing. That is just, mm. I mean, it's wrong. It's just. And but but it also speaks to perhaps uh, you know how a lot of times you can have people with a shared ultimate goal, uh, you know, to save humanity, um, to to do good things for people, to beat the bad people, bad villains, and all that. But they may have different ways of going about it in different philosophies. And so, you know, sometimes you do get people like that in real life and they end up fighting each other. So, so let me let me jump in there. I want to pull uh, together a couple of things. One, a, a lot of you have, kind of, uh, I mean, Matt, a uh, little bit of Teddy here, uh, just the idea of, you know, uh, you know, your childhood, um, heroes and picking sides and seeing who wins and you know now you've got a special ex uh, a special um um what do you, what do you call it? special effects budget and you know you can do a lot of things but i i actually think those answers fail uh for one major reason at least for me uh we have super villains for that so the budget is just as big to create good super villains uh your heroes can fight plenty of people um, and they never actually have to turn to violence towards each other. Uh, if, if all we want to do is satisfy, um, you know, this, this idea of, a a spectacle, a, a spectacle, but it's, it's more than just a spectacle. We're not satisfied with narratives of good versus evil. We're not satisfied with super villains. Uh, we want to see the good guys fight. Uh, and I think it's partly because we are uh, in a place culturally uh, where we are awash in moral ambiguity. And part of the statement I think that we have been making over the years is there are no good guys. You know, I, uh, Andrew and I often talk and I uh, 
will often say that we are a, we are a generation of people with no heroes uh, because we know too much. Uh, we've seen all the exposés. We know who's showing their willies uh, to uh, unwilling co-stars. We we all know of all of them <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we know too much to have heroes today, um, and so I think that this is maybe uh, a side effect, uh, if you will, uh, to tear down uh, the heroes and say, "Yeah, these guys aren't so good." Um, they're just like you. So I'll, I'll throw in one other uh, thread before m moving to uh, Chase's comment a little bit further. Uh, a few years ago uh, in the comics, I don't know if they ever did it because I don't read the comics, but uh, there was an article about it in the major hoo-ha about Captain America uh, actually being a Hydra uh, agent. And they were going to uh, write that into the story and uh, i actually wrote an article about this at the time uh and it it's like captain america is an ideal even more than a person he is an ideal of truth and justice and the white american way he is he is the or the, the american way what did i say he's but what i'm saying is right the first time. He's, he is an <laughs> idealized character of of a of a thought of desire a wish and they had to attack his character and say no he's really a bad guy and at that point i just became fed up with uh the entire genre of superheroes for a while uh because i it, it seemed to be a concerted effort to say even in your fantasy life you can't root for anybody I do think that one of the things uh, we see playing out in the superhero universe is uh, that the heroes that we used to have that we know are flawed now, right? Batman wasn't always a flawed character, right? He was, at once upon a time, he was the consummate good guy. Uh, but what we have done, uh, and, I, and I think it makes for a much more interesting story, is cause our heroes to chase their superhero ideals. And so it's, it's not as if there's so much moral ambiguity that it's impossible to tell who is supposed to be a good guy. But we at least have more realistic heroes chasing their superhero ideal. Well, Andrew, I would have to ask you, who do you think is the good guy then? Like, who is the good guy in Civil War? Okay, stop. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll no. give that to Andrew, but this is where I wanted to go next. So this is not one of our questions. Uh, remember, I gave each of you uh, an opportunity to write in uh, your own question to this list. So this is me writing in my question. Yes, I know I wrote the other ten questions. Shut up. Um, <laughs> what I'm, <laughs> but uh, Chase's comment was um, uh, brought this to mind. Uh, so the idea, and also our discussion that we're going to have later that we so haven't had already um, about vigilanteism. Um, it's, it's this, this uh, argument of do um, the people with power get to say how they're going to protect the people without power? Or do the people without power get to dictate how the people with power behave? 
And I am, uh, for the record, firmly on the side of uh, civilian control of the military. Uh, and so uh, whichever of those sides uh, was in favor of the people having ultimate control, uh, that is the side that I am on. Because if, if you're if you're doing your super thing to protect the average person, but you don't give the average person agency, what are you really what are you really doing? Um, and so I think there is good reason why in real life civilians are in control of the military and things get out of hand when the military uh, finds a way to take control. Um, so, uh, yeah, Andrew, that question uh, that Chase just asked you about which which side of, of the Civil War that you think, that's the question that I want to insert with that uh, bit of introduction, that I, I think that there is clearly, uh, in that case, a conflict between civilian control versus military control. Okay. So I think first... Um, there's a contrivance here that I'm not willing to uh, that I'm not willing to acknowledge is the is the necessary uh, outcome to what I've had to say about heroes living up to superhero ideals. The fact that we can find an example of writing that makes the universe uh, morally ambiguous doesn't mean that all writings in all universes are morally ambiguous. So if you say, you know, who's right in civil war, well, that might be really hard to determine because that's the way we wrote it. But that doesn't mean that we don't, as a group, have some sense of right and wrong and that we don't see those senses of right and wrong in superhero universes. Now, do we fail? Surely we do. But one of the things that I think this panel agrees with and I think we see in, in our superhero lore uh, is that our best superheroes are working for the maximum best outcome for everyone in that universe. And the villains are uh, very often, though not always, working toward an individual goal without respect uh, to how it impacts the other inhabitants of the universe. What does this mean for civil war? Well, now that's a good question, because what does it mean for civil war uh, in the real world, if we look at the U.S. Civil War, uh, who was right? Well, we pretty well have an answer to that, don't we? And so the fact that we can find some ambiguity uh, in comics doesn't mean that it's all ambiguity or that we should think of it as all entirely ambiguous. Well, I, I agree with you. We do have a non unambiguous answer to the real civil war. All we have to do is go to Georgia and look at Stone Mountain, and we can see those war heroes right there. So clearly, um... hey, I, I I live in that place, dude. <laughs> so, Andrew, I would say that like the difference between the two is the fact that like the 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 level of like the the clear conversation of of the two sides autonomy that we're talking about in each war is essentially like what's different. Like in, in, uh, in our mm. real civil war, that is absolute, like you're, you're talking about absolute control over, over another people. But in Captain America, we're talking, or the, the comic book civil war, we're talking about um, a, a almost light, a, a lighter form of control of one's autonomy and, and you get in, in, in very, in very, 
uh, I guess, specific situations. So, sure. like, essentially, like, one of the examples, I, I mean, I was going to pull from the movie because that's that's the only lines I can think of offhand right now. Um, how they're saying, like, if, uh, how, how Captain America's problem was if, if a war, if a war breaks out, you know, essentially the the government saying who who side they pick or or when when and when not to go for humanitarian efforts, et cetera, and that became a problem even in um even in the Justice League's story for Young Justice, uh, essentially good good is no longer able to happen because people people are just saying no, and that also at some point becomes a problem for those who are asking for that help because so that's why it becomes subjective for those who don't want the help because they see what their help as a overall negative. At, by the end of it, and then those yeah. who say, yeah. "I'd rather that outcome than um, than the clear outcome that's to come with a with a villain or a catastrophe or whatever it may be." Yeah, it's a fair comment, David. I I won't follow that, but I hope that we get a chance to come back around to uh, subjectivity and <laughs> what sort of and what sort of objective uh, metrics we can apply when we start from some subjective. Uh, some subjective uh, foundation. Yeah, we'll we'll bring that up in hour number six. Um, Please let's... rearrange the following words in <laughs> phrase you understand. Me bite. <laughs> um, yeah. So look, this this is this is actually a very intriguing conversation, and I want there are so many threads I want to chase. <laughs> But we have more questions. So, uh, Teddy, Teddy, you actually had the best question of the bunch. So, see if you can remember that. And after after question two from the list, uh, we'll ad- we'll address your. Um, You're muted, Teddy. Your question, uh, as it should be for now. Um, wow! Wow! I'm sorry. Do you have my question? I, no, I, I don't have it. I, yeah. I, I have it right here. I had to look up my right own here. questions. You can oh, get pulled up the list. Come on, you guys. Um, I think You've seen the show, right? I don't do. I don't do notes. <laughs> I have your question here, Teddy. Do, do you have my question? Oh. Yes. D- Dale was the one who kept the show organized, folks. Uh, I, I I may have been the brains of the operation, but he was actually the operations of the operation. <laughs> so it's uh, it's been in a shambles uh, since uh, Dale has moved on to his own uh, things. Um, so what was my question, Chase? <laughs> your question. No, Chase, no, no, don't. That was wait, your question. Wait until I... after. Wait until after this one. Um, so, oh. <laughs> in, in which case, Chase will ask Teddy's question. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I remember what it was, but I'm not positive. It's 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 breaking down for me already. We're only on question two. I'm sure it must have been really it's, good though. Is the world? This is an easy one. Okay, so we're just going to do a quick. Round robin. Uh, I want a monosyllabic answer and maybe two sentences uh, from each person. Is the world of the superhero a utopia or a dystopia? This is easy for me. It is a dystopia. They are always uh, dealing with bad guys of the kind that no one in real life ever has to deal with. And furthermore, they have to deal with them time after time after time again. So they 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 can't ever actually win. I think a world uh, of superheroes 
where we actually need superheroes would be the worst kind of dystopia uh, there is. John? My monosyllabic answer is yes. It depends on if you have superpowers or not. If you have it, then yes, it's a utopia because you get to do what you want to do. If you don't, then you're subject to not only the regular ills of the government and whatever your, your boss and all that other good stuff, but you have these gods on earth uh, who can terrorize you with impunity at any time. So yes, it depends on which side of the coin that you're on, just like any other universe. Okay, I, I just miss ask the question. I, a monosyllabic <laughs> answer doesn't make any sense. Yes, you think it's a utopia. Um, and, and and a dystopia, yes. And, and it's both. Okay. Well, it depends then, on where you Never mind, stand. it's my fault. It's the person I asked. Uh, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew. It's a dystopia because you've got conflict and you've got the need for people with superpowers to resolve that conflict. A utopian world is a world that has no need of heroes, super or otherwise. It's, it's a straightforward, really easy answer. Chase. Dystopia. Uh, I mean, yeah, essentially, if there's a need for superheroes, there's obviously supervillains. And if Superman shows up, I should be terrified because I need to get out of there. That's pretty should be terrible. <laughs> And if Superman shows up and there are no supervillains, you should oh, be even more terrified. <laughs> <laughs> because you have nobody to keep him busy. Eventually, he's going to turn his attention to you. Chatting. <laughs> look, if if everything were good in the world, then then Clark Kent would just be at the Daily Planet writing his newspaper article. What's wrong with being a writer? Nothing, but if you have superpowers and you can, you know, do great things for for others and battle, you know, these arch villains, then you know, yay! And so my answer is, uh, I consider it to be a utopian world, and uh, big surprise that I should differ from all four of y'all. Uh, oh, no, half of John agrees with you. Well, that's. <laughs> I mean, Two Face, uh, villain or uh, anyway. One of my favorite super reason, villains, by the way. <laughs> the reason, though, why I think it's a utopian world is that although there are villains in it, I mean, because that's just part of what is the world. But what makes it a utopian world is that you have this kind of god-like figure that is battling evil um and so here on earth and so instead of it being just like um you know heroes on earth they've got you know the superpowers and so um to me that's very to me that's very utopian we have that that kind of a protector so, so Teddy, Teddy, a quick question. No, no, uh, disallowed, I'm Andrew. 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 Okay, all right. <laughs> so, my uh, my answer is that it is neither. Uh, this is really sort of a Zeno's paradox kind of uh, kind of situation. If you were, if you I'm were sorry, taking who's it, Zeno is he the one that you walk halfway 
to a yes. wall and then yeah, yeah, the arrow, yeah, yeah, the arrow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The arrow has to pass princess, through an infinite number of points in order to get to a destination. So you should never get hit with the arrow. Um, yeah, Zeno's paradox. So it, it is neither utopian nor dystopian, uh, though you could pull out a, a snapshot at any moment and and make some proclamation uh, about about these superhero universes. The reason the reason that we watch or read or listen is because they are not utopian nor dystopian. The universes are in a state of flux, and that's that's what we like about them because that's the way our lives are. We proceed from moments of great triumph to moments of great despair, and we can't have either if the if those universes are perfectly one or the other. But don't you know the good guys always win in the end? So, uh, can we ask questions? Well, there's hope for us. Atheists, all right, man. all right. <laughs> I got two. I got we, two. We can, we can have a small. Look. I know I call this the discussion section, but I I don't have time to discuss all this crap. Are you kidding? Uh, all right, so we can have a we can have a brief discussion period here. Um, all right, all right. Teddy, do you think that there is only one definition of evil? Oh, nice. Only one. No, I mean, I I would say there are probably different ways to to define it. I mean, ultimately, it is that which is opposite to what is good. But I mean, there are different so ways. So, do you think there's only one definition of good? Um. Yes. It's the opposite of evil. Yeah. <laughs> what is so good do, you th- do you think do you think good is what is what what is good is that which god says is good okay so that's i'll leave that for a podcast i mean so i mean like do, do you, i mean i guess you would so i mean like would you would you consider a dystopia if 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 a superhero is acting on behalf of their good, so like if, if Superman, um, I mean, just just the fact that Superman and Lex Luthor exist in the same world, mm-hmm. and, Le- and Lex Luthor is capable of causing all of that destruction to cause the need for Superman, wouldn't that, and same thing for you, Andrew, um, wouldn't that to you guys now define it? Because this is a con- this is a constant state. Superman will never kill Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor, will, we can we can positively say never can really kill superman so this Chase, can i ask you to i'm sorry front. can i ask you to repeat that i just got a text message saying that my mother-in-law was covid 19 positive and i was replying to it and i heard you mention my name and i missed what you were saying i'm you know, sorry you, did, you didn't really have to say that over the show because i don't want to have to go back and edit this i i, I, do, just, I do wish everyone the best that is um, that is involved yeah thank um, you thank you but, my, my, my prayer is that question her. yeah um, Thanks, David. So, <laughs> so in, in, the, in a world of so let's say like right now we lived in a world of in the world of, Metro, of Metropolis Superman um, and Lex Luthor like in the world is mayor and does all the things that he does. He's that super genius scientist. Um, just the fact that Lex Luthor is constantly doing these things um, that cr- that creates a need for Superman. Um, Superman will never get to the point where he's going to kill Lex Luthor and Lex Luthor is not not have the capability to kill Superman. Wouldn't this now, this constant state of of fear of when is Lex Luthor going to do it, do something again and cause more destruction to us? Wouldn't that now define that for you guys as a dystopia? 
as opposed uh, to utopia. Well, I mean, as opposed sure. to even a neutral, but Not also technically um, a dystopia. Um, it, well, so only <clears throat> if and only if Superman and Lex Thor are the only two beings in the universe, or they are the only two beings such that uh, it is impossible to pursue uh, goals and dreams, uh, hopes and desires, independently of the outcome of Lex Luthor and Superman. So I know that when we have these, these sorts of comic book universes, we really focus on those characters, and we should, right? But in any sort of in any sort of broader sense of the universe, we can think about um, something like the United States and Russia who aren't superheroes, but that's sort of where we get our, uh, our archetypes, right? And it is possible, even in our own universe, to pursue our own hopes and desires uh, somewhat independently of the outcome of the the conflict between the U.S. and Russia. So while I agree with the the narrow idea that you present, I think that when I think about these universes, at least, um, it's with a broader perspective of of some of the unspoken inhabitants. So maybe you think you know it might well. I would even argue even, even in that sense, oh. even in that sense, just the fact that Superman exists, even in Russia. Like you would never like it's not it's not like you're never gonna not hear of Superman and there I would be afraid uh, even though, like even as a as a criminal or a good guy alike I mean I guess there would be more of a longing a longing a dystopia for the fact that now I'm longing for a hero of that nature in my own community because I am now forced to suffer the villains of my world and Superman is because I, we also can see like superheroes are lim are limited in their scope of of of, of vision. Let's so let me let me that. just jump in right there because that was the thought that I wanted to insert into this particular part of the conversation. Superheroes are uh, disturbingly regional. They are disturbingly regional, and I I know that you know Marvel and uh, DC they've attempted to kind of globalize and universalize <laughs> the superheroes, but in their natural state, they're actually uh, very regional. Uh, creatures uh you know there's you know like angels almost uh, you've got the angel of gotham you know and the angel of the angel of hell's kitchen i mean then uh national city and they're very regional and i uh, part of the narrative no i disagree i disagree you, you cannot Go disagree the universe, in that headdress. Okay? <laughs> um, no, let me Go let me just let me the just universe. there's no region. Let me let me let me complete this thought. I'll throw it to you here, but I wanted to uh, make sure this was a part of the musing. Um, truth, justice, and the American way. If I oh god, um, <laughs> if I were a Russian. Uh, and th there was a real superhero who stood for truth, justice, and the American way. Uh, I would be scared to death. Uh, and what about uh, people from Muslim countries? Um, you know, it, what if, for instance, there was a superhero uh, in Baghdad, you know, who stood for Shahara and uh, uh, Shahara? What uh, what is the uh, law? Shahira, yeah, Shira, Sharia, Sharia. Uh, you know, Shira. justice in the Muslim way. Uh, we wouldn't think of that as a superhero at all. We would think of it as a villain. We would need a Captain America then. Um, hey, hold on, hold on. 
one of the reasons why is because the the Muslim superhero would not be tolerant of other people's religions. The American way involves uh, let people as they want to live to enjoy their individual rights so long as their rights don't impinge upon someone else. I think the very idea of American superheroes assumes that everyone else is a bad guy. <laughs> because we're because I'm, we're the good guys and we're defending the American way. I am a jealous guy. The American way is a tolerant way. <laughs> hey Matthew, I just shot you an email. Will you please read out the definition of dystopia? Right. One moment. Which email address did you send that to? Matthew. No, Jones. no, no. Don't say it aloud. People, don't give him more. I, I gave him enough to know which one I sent it to. He's mm. he's got it. It's got to, it depends whether it's um, Microsoft or Google. An imagined state or society in which there is great suffering or injustice, typically one that is totalitarian or post-apocalyptic. So that's a dystopia. Uh, and I so asked Matthew to read it because he's right a... Now. So I asked Matthew to read it because he's a Brit and it sounds good when he reads it. I, I was never <laughs> going to do it justice. Uh, we, so read that one more time. So I, this... I'm not asking everyone to sign on to this definition, but to give us some platform. A state or society in which there is great suffering or injustice, typically one that is totalitarian or post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I, you, I actually don't agree with that definition. I do understand it, and that is a correct and proper definition of utopia. So I, I'm not disputing that, but I expand the definition of dystopia, I'm sorry, dystopia, to mean any society that uh, that would be uh, un unpleasant or um, opposed to uh, opposed to a good society, and so one way that you could have uh, a broader definition uh, that differed from the one you read is if everybody uh, was mind controlled. And so everybody was in lockstep. Everybody was happy. Everybody, uh, you know, said, you know, hail leader every every morning. And, so everyone with uh, a Facebook account. You know, well, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. Um, sorry, sorry, but sorry. so I would I would actually consider that a dystopia, even though everybody is walking around with a uh, smile on their face. So when you're plugged into the Matrix, is that world dystopia? I think that's utopia. a utopia. That's that's definitely the a matrix inside mm. is the utopia, but out once you leave, you are now in the dystopia. Yeah, the real yeah, world feels dystopia. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably how I would answer that too. Yeah. So, so I, but so I mean, just, I would also argue, so you know how I, I agree with David as well that this kind of, I mean, like while it says typically totalitarian, it does not have to be. It's just right. essentially a world in which suffering or injustice are also occurring. Um, it just says typically. So. This is the this, the, the non-typical scenario in which superheroes exist, and they're causing the their existence. the The fact that we have superheroes means we have super villains, which means there is a like evil, I mean, like evil, evil, uh, evil against myself. At which I like, if there was a super racist, there's nothing I could do. He would be Superman and racist, and just laser me down. <laughs> or like, if there was but a <laughs> if there was a super, you have uh, a but you weren't really expected to fight. The, so, I I almost right. no, agree I don't, with but the you. Fact, the fact that the fact that that I need something, the fact that I would need something to fight him also scares me. Because what if, 
my, our views differ. At what point does he need to use his power? Like that's I, I, you, know, you don't know the standard like, of one in the like, mindset of one with superpowers. So Hero I guess my power. only yeah no I I get it I do I think my that's the reality of them. Well, so I think maybe, but I I think I see a different reality in in superhero universes. In general, the the people with the superpowers end up battling each other. Now, certainly there's collateral damage, but there, there's not perfect collateral damage. So Gotham City uh, gets along in the main, uh, and it's a it's a it's a thriving giant metropolis where most people get to live out their daily lives. It's a bad place where you get shit going to the grocery store every time. Most people get to live out their lives. Look, I'm not I'm not suggesting that Gotham is the is the ideal here, but what I am saying is the vast majority of residents of Gotham City get to live out their lives without daily interference from the the superheroes and supervillains. It's not that they all do. But if we were all subject to uh, some catastrophic end to superheroes in those universes, we wouldn't have Gotham City or, or any other giant metropolis. So the, the truth of these superverses is that most people live out their lives um, without some direct intervention by the superheroes. I still want to hear... Ignoring... While you guys are arguing, I still want to hear this expanded to the greater geopolitical um, idea here. Because I, once again, I do find superheroes uh, strangely regional. And I do, I, I would so think I, it, it, it would be strange, for instance, if Superman flew to Moscow. Too. So I think, I think, I, I, think so, I can answer both of those. Uh, or reply, reply to Andrew and answer both of those. So, I mean, I, I feel like uh, as far as... Yeah, I lost. Uh, can you say the last part of your statement again, Andrew, please? Sure. Um, what you, you're presuming just to kind of spark, I can remember it, it, the just last to, thing I said. Just to spark, just to spark my thought. Sure. I can't so I, most people, I think the last thing I said was that most people get to live out their lives in these, in, you know, in, in oh. the Gotham cities and metropolises okay. without direct intervention from right. so, super beings. I think one's own ignorance to their their constant threat of danger or, or just them constantly ignoring it speaks nothing to the reality of the fact that they're in constant danger and the reality in which uh, superheroes and supervillains exist. Like, we walk around well, I live today, in the United like, States. Like, I, I could die Sorry, right now. Like, something could just barrel into my apartment and just kill me. Sure. But I'm ignoring that fear right now. Because but you are. Not. You are right now, and you're not in a superhero universe, as are we right. all. Right, so I mean, I, I, would argue, I would argue even our own reality at most, po at most points, I mean, it's, it's, to be quite honest, with our with our consciousness is a dystopia, because we're I also think I think that's we're base also, uh, rate constantly conscious of our own um, death. Sure, uh, but I think that's a base rate fallacy, right? Because the fact that there is some danger, and yeah. and I acknowledge that there is some danger, doesn't mean that it's majority danger. And so, um, so um, I would argue that it no, is majority I... danger. Um, uh, how many? Think, uh, uh, no, no, no. Let, I think you're, it's well, both rated. No, 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 no. Let's both rated. I can't. I don't think I can. I let let, I let me take this one up, Chase. Yeah. So, so it's it sounding like because the majority of people aren't affected, it's neither. The, it's neither for you, correct, Andrew? Because the the average That's citizen right. in Gotham. So. That's correct. When when I think of that, I think of 
peasants or or uh, farmers, rural farmers in any country pre-United States. They don't care who's the king or queen. They don't care if it's uh, a monarchy or or whatever. Whoever's in charge, the people at the bottom are still going to be at the bottom. They are going to get along regardless. That doesn't mean it's not a monarchy. It doesn't mean it's not a it's not a democracy at all. It's just that they're on the bottom. They're going to stay in the bottom. They don't care about what's happening up there because it. Either way, they're still. That's the same way that I feel like in Gotham, um, or in Metropolis for the normal people. For David, your um, your uh, uh, geopolitical issues. Marvel does that in a slightly different actually a very different way than DC where each region does have their own superheroes you do have a Captain Britain say or Banana Man I think you called him the other day (laughs) 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 Uh, Britain has its own has its own superheroes and and super villains Um, Russia has its own Japan has its own sometimes come together as enemies sometimes they come together as uh, as friends just like uh, nations do here that's one of the reasons why I like Marvel so much it does mirror our current universe so much better than DC where in DC it's good and evil it's it's like it's the um american way and Zero everything else um right right and to your earlier point i've been an american all my life i would i'm still scared of anyone who touts the american way <laughs> i mean because the american way does not include me and you and and Chase and Teddy, for the most part, either. <laughs> well, not not a good place. So let me let me let me just let me close place. let me close off this section here because someone has to. And so I'm gonna I'm going to do it in this way. Um, I'm I'm going to go a little bit more radical than even the radicals on this um, board. I'm going to say that we live in a utopia now. Uh, oh, and the superhero, superhero world is a utopia. And the reason I say we live in a utopia now has nothing to do with whether mo- most people are doing okay. Let's just assume that 90% of the people are doing okay. I think any society where you have a, a recognizable class of people that are living in a subhuman condition, it is a utopia. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, it, it is a dystopia. Um, oh. <laughs> I mean, I said, are you changing you your me, answer? This, okay. <laughs> it is. It is a dystopia. Whenever you I'm have that, to, I was so lost. This is. It's okay. Um, people who, who are listening to this, just. So are you just, changing it, it from? Because I'm not it, changing it. I just misspoke. I, I um, it is so. Let me just. It, initially, we live in a dystopia. Dystopia, but you meant we live in a dystopia right now. Gotcha, gotcha. And okay. anytime you have a a class of people that are living in a subhuman standard, and I I do have a a kind of a longer uh, speech that I can make about what I think are basic. Human, uh, the the bare minimum humanity, uh, and I think that when people are living beyond uh, below the bare minimum humanity, and you have a distinct class of people uh, as such, then it is a dystopia. And one of the one of the ways to envision this is let's just say that ninety percent of the people are, are very happy and wealthy and prosperous, and they live a long time, and they do that at the expense uh, of torturing ten percent of the population. 
Um, you know, and they, they never see it, you know, but they have agencies that do it and they torture the life force of the 10% uh, and they live happily. Well, most people are doing fine, uh, but you still have a dystopia. Uh, and so I don't think that you actually have to have this agency actively torturing this 10% for it to be a dystopia. And so this is this is why I think that uh, um, I think that the question of utopia or dystopia in, in a fantasy world is almost a, um, well, it's a head fake. I think that we live in a dystopia right now. And it's a question of what it would take to get out of it. And I don't think that superheroes are the answer that gets us out of it. In no. fact, I think superheroes would push us even further in it. But, um, that and said... There's no such thing as an interesting story. That's a utopia. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that said, Chase, uh, you were going to ask Teddy's question. Uh, so Teddy, uh, ask your question through the voice of Chase. <laughs> Ready? All right. Do you think there's a specific reason why the superhero genre exists other than purely entertainment purposes? Yes, there you go. Um, Teddy, since this was your question, uh, I will give you the opportunity to uh, set this up for the for everyone else. So I, um, great question, by the way. Um, so <laughs> I, I did acknowledge that. I thought it was the uh, one of the better questions of the ones that came in. So. I think that part of it, um, the attraction of the whole battle between superheroes and supervillains is the, the battle, the iconic battle between good and evil. And, you know, so we've got God, we've got Satan. Um, and, and this just brings it to a secular level, an earthly level. And, I think that we, um, I think humans in general love to see that fight over good versus evil. And I think that one of the important reasons for having these movies is that they serve as perhaps inspiration for us to become courageous and do good deeds for our fellow humans. And so it serves uh, to motivate us. You know, we admire, we have our heroes that we admire. Well, we look at what these superheroes do and what they stand for. And that's why, I mean, think about it, why they're cartoons, why we want little kids watching superhero shows because they're learning about good and evil and, and the life lesson of ultimately good will triumph over evil. You know, let's hope um, in terms of, uh, you know, at least during our lifetime, but it is to, in a, in a positive way, brainwash people. Uh, and, and that's such a negative term, but it, it's to instill that, sense of having a fight within ourselves to where when we see evil, you know, just like Edmund Burke said that, you know, evil will triumph when good men do nothing. If you have nothing but people who in their heads have, uh, you know, proper morality, but they never act upon it. If they see somebody, uh, you know, getting hurt, getting mugged, and they do nothing to help that person, 
then what good is your private sense of morality in your head if action does not bring it forth into so, practice? I'm going so, to go ahead and cut you off right there, and I will jump in uh, and give my part of that answer uh, because mine is quick and it dovetails uh, with yours. If I recall uh, the Superman story, I don't know if this is urban legend or true, but um, the creator of it um, had suffered some great tragedy. His wife was shot or some some personal tragedy had happened and he uh, created um, a hero that could have prevented it. Uh, and I think that there is a lot of that in the superhero genre. It is a, a way of dealing with uh, human existential crisis uh, of our, our of our human weakness, uh, our, of our frailty, because we do live in a dystopia. And we do have supervillains all around us, whether it's the weather uh, or corrupt governments or economic situations that we can't deal with, and they're overwhelming. And we need some kind of imaginative superhero uh, to, to find a way to, to live with it, to, to get around it, uh, to imagine a way through it. Um, and so I, I kind of think that that's the, ultimately the, the reason we have the superhero genre today. Um, and I know that's a little bit of a sad commentary, uh, but I, I think that's probably it. Um, part of it is, is, um, you know, they talk about how courage can be very contagious. And so if, um, and so I think can perhaps being timid. But when people start seeing um, others rise up, then I think that that tends to kind of spark a movement. And so I think that these superhero um, cartoons and movies, that that is um, meant to inspire us to actually behave in the manner of superheroes so that we all become little... Matt, you've been... You've been quiet for too long. Matt, uh, why do we have superheroes? Because we can imagine them. Basically, it really is that simple. It's to create an imaginary world. And I, I like your your story about the where Superman came from. I can imagine that's probably how these stories came from. You know, I, I dabble in my own writing and I've imagined my own people with superheroes in, in the story that I've started to write. We can imagine wonderful things and stories are a great distraction into from the world that we live in. They take us away into a different world and they absolutely spark our imagination. And that's why I have all sorts of story genres. It's not just superheroes, it's other worlds as well. That's what, how science fiction and fantasy exists as well. It's pretty much the same thing. Andrew, why do we have superheroes? Oh, wow. Um, I think we have superheroes um, because we like to play the tape through to the end for, for any mind experiment. Um, we have superheroes for the same reason that we can imagine infinity. We have superheroes because we like to uh, take things to uh, an extreme, uh, to an extreme conclusion. And the idea that we have somebody stronger than us leads to the idea of somebody stronger than them. Or if we have someone good but flawed, we like to imagine 
the person who is not flawed. The and and the same is true for our villainous characters. Um, Hitler was, um, by most accounts, evil. Certainly by my account, and and we like to imagine someone even more evil, uh, sort of that chaotic evil. And uh, and that's why we have superheroes because we like to play the tape through to the end. In that same way, I think there's a trap for all of us to think that we live in a dystopia. But the universe that we live in isn't a perfect dystopia, which is what I think of when we, when we talk about uh, a dystopia or a utopia in a superhero universe, where we're thinking about a sort of platonic ideal, a thing that is as bad as it can be, or a thing that is as good as it can possibly be. And we don't live in a universe that is as bad as it can possibly be. We certainly don't live in a universe that is as good as it can possibly be. It was maybe better five years ago. I think arguably it's worse today, and hopefully it will be better four years from now. We'll see. But we don't live in either of those ideal states. And because we don't, we try to project uh, either this better future that we hope for, or we think about uh, you know the universe being in a uh, in a handcart bound for hell. So, John Chase, I'm going to uh, let you two bring up this discussion. I'm going to introduce your special assignment um, at this time, which is to talk about uh, superheroism uh, from a non-white perspective. Uh, who are the non-white superheroes? Are, are there, in fact, a, a fair and equal representation in the superhero world? Uh, <laughs> if not, why not? Because if the reason for the superheroes existing is as we have speculated, it seems like there should be more representation. So there must be something else going on. So I'm going to let you answer the question that Teddy asked, but I'm also going to let you add uh, a component of representation uh, here as well. Uh, Jean, I'm going to let you go last because I suspect you did more research than Chase. So Chase, uh, I will give you the first bite of uh, this apple. <laughs> All right, um, yeah. Uh, so the, well, the hero I chose for at least my main example is right behind me, Spawn, um, which is uh, actually, I kind of I was reading a, a, a take on him that I really agreed with. Um, it was saying that he, as far as well, as far as non-colored but black heroes, uh, as black heroes go, really embodies like the the epitome of just walking as a black man in America. Just the fact that um, we have all these entities that we call good, um, but these are the things that killed this man and made him in his own light have to become the hero to take them down for their evils. Um, so it basically, the you know this is the man who was he was a secret agent himself. Uh, he was doing their work. Uh, he was actually at one point the best secret agent, and they all betrayed him. Him, uh, it was his leader, his leaders, uh, the CIA, the uh, the devil, and I believe at some point he comes to find out that heaven has a hand in his in all the conspirit the conspirating of his death, um, and so he finds out that these that these entities are evil and he takes it upon himself to make sure they can't keep doing this to people uh from his perspective uh, and from our perspective he was he was the he is the hero 
but overall, just from what I've seen in history, it's for me, it's, there's never been enough representation of of non of non-white heroes, um, or at least they make it very they make it so unclear to see that you would have to bring in a conversation of um, off color, just off colored, weird looking characters and just in how they represent themselves through their actions. Uh, so there's never been a proper representation, but even in the ones we get, uh, at least they're good, but it's just not enough. And I mean, that's really not all no, I got to get don't, into. Don't black people also uh, have existential crises? Uh, don't they? <laughs> aren't they also a part of this world of people who uh, are imagined in superhero world? Don't they also world? have uncles who get shot? Don't they also? Yeah, don't they also? So, um, by the way, Miles Morales is my first oh, I love Miles Morales. pick uh, as a non-white hero now i almost disqualify myself for that because he's so new he's so new it's it's as if he was made to answer this question uh in a society that is just now starting to think of it and so for that i i almost disqualify him but i love his character so much i do applaud the right the original one of the original writers of spider-man for even posing the uh, posing the like you said the idea uh because it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just Miles Morales who said it. They didn't record Mass. I do remember at some point Peter Parker, Peter Parker, Parker even said it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also picked, picked, pick, picked a pack of right. <laughs> and I, think, I think I think it's like, and that's something even even Batman himself as a as a character as a hero expressed that anyone can wear the mask. And I felt like that concept, while it was said by this these people, it was for years cl- clearly missed. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like the uh, part of the Constitution and, where all men uh, are oh, equal, but not I all men have, are considered men. <laughs> before I let you go, John, I do have one gripe though in this with with bringing Miles Morales and that new answer to that question. Um, uh, with as far as representation, um, I am not liking this trend of where instead of so I, I I'm a person when it comes to representation, I want my representation to be new, genuine, and genuinely for me. Um, so there's this new trend of where now they're just taking characters that have already existed mm-hmm. without re- actually write, rewriting their backstories or anything about them and just just changing their skin color right. or changing their ethnicity and saying they're this, like with the whole aerial issue, I have no problem with having a black mermaid. I would love a black mermaid. I would, I would more than also, I would also love more that she was an original mermaid with her own story to tell right. within the world of the Little Mermaid. And, that's, and that, would, that is, would show me real representation. This is part of why I almost disqualified myself because I don't want a black Spider-Man. I don't want a black Captain America. We, we have black Captain America. I don't want that though. <laughs> I want uh, heroes that were envisioned uh, as their own people. And so uh, I don't need you to make a superhero and make it great and then pass the torch uh, to me, thank you. I can I can be great on my own. Uh, exactly. That's, you know, that's precisely so, it. Um, that said, I'm not going to disqualify myself for Miles Morales because I do like his character very much. I, I, but... I would I would say that I would say that is if you read his character, if you read him as a character, I am then satisfied because they did really rewrite the backstory of the Spider-Man as opposed to just how in most cases they're really lazy to just recolor him and then just like with Wally, with the new Wally West. That is still regular Wally West. They just yeah. made him black in a, in a family. That was it. So uh, <laughs> the one other uh, one other superhero before I pass this on to um, 
Jean, who has truly inspiring things to say. Uh, last, I say last week, a couple of days ago. It may have even been last night. I have memory problems. Um, my wife. Those aren't have... the only problems you have, dude. Really? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll, have you, I'll have you remind me of what they are because I, I don't know. Um, Very well played. Very well played. So we uh, we've got Disney Plus, um, and um, we watched uh, Milan, the uh, live action um, movie uh, Milan. Now I'm a big fan of the original animated Milan, uh, and as good as the live action Milan is, just like all of the live action remakes, uh, whether it's Aladdin or... You know, I applaud you for the comment. I, it's the, the originals are better. That said, the character that played Milan, I don't know her name. I didn't bother to look it up. I, I think she is an authentic Chinese character, a person. I hope so. Because I'm going to look really stupid if it's just an American that they made to look like a <laughs> Chinese person. She is... She is one of my new favorite superheroes. Uh, she was so good. Uh, you hate continuity, in this don't you? What's that? You hate continuity, don't you? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I'm just. Look, if you I'm love their sharing. live action movies, you hate continuity. <laughs> I don't like live. I, look, I like live. I like live action movies. Well, I'm just saying the original movies are year. better. They are. They have a, a certain magic about them that the nostalgia can't do. A lot of magic. It's not sure. nostalgia. I'm telling you, I don't care how much money you throw at special effects. There is a feeling that you get uh, watching the original that you don't quite get watching the remake. And you Stop. watch these movies exactly. for the feeling. I, you know, well, I would say I was feeling a <laughs> sense of confusion for a lot of the newer one, a sense of why is this there and why is that yeah. happening and why is this not explained? <laughs> yeah, I don't it, it just it it leaves me a little cold. But the but the person that that actor, you know, uh, move over Bruce Lee. I, I could watch her all day. Um, so, John, um, talk talk to us about uh, representation and um roll that into uh, a justification for why superheroes exist at all. So I think superheroes have always existed. Um, it's just by a different name. Before, we just called them regular heroes. Uh, Hercules, um, Samson, Jonah, Jesus. Um, those, All those uh, characters from stories before where people had powers that normal people didn't do, uh, didn't have. Um, it's just that people like to use their imagination. We have an imagination. So, um, say I'm, I I'm strong, but the guy next to me is stronger. Well, there's this one guy who's the strongest in the world and he can lift mountains. You know, it's, it's, they've always existed. It's just that we call them superheroes now because, uh, we, it's just not acceptable uh, post-Christianity taking over the world for the most part uh, to call them anything else. You can't call them um, gods or demigods like you used to. So they're superheroes, which is why I think a lot of the demigods um, in Marvel and DC are actually superheroes. Ares, Hercules, Thor, yeah. they made them into superheroes because that's the acceptable way to, to have them now. Um, as for 
representation, it's 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 come along. It's been slow going. There had to uh, be the that that um, era where the only way you knew that the hero was not white was because they had black in their name. Um, black Goliath, Black Panther, um, one of the black cats and black widows, but still. Black lightning. Um, right. There black lightning? <laughs> yes. There is a black lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how you... a static shock. We haven't really seen their 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 dynamic yet, but <laughs> they, they tried it. Yeah, <laughs> and I did hear that um, Static is uh, coming out. They're trying to redo Static as well, so that should be interesting. I really, I really hope. But so. anyway, yeah. Um, but but anyway, the I'm I'm with you. I, I want to see new um, non-white characters who are designed to be non-white characters instead of um, blackwashing. I guess uh, the uh, the older ones. <laughs> That's uh, good. Black washing. <laughs> I mean, great phrase. Great that, phrase. I like that. I know what what it is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like with with uh, Captain America, um, the Falcon yeah. becomes Captain America. Right. Um, he keeps his Falcon outfit. He keeps his wings and this crazy little bird and all. But and they call turn down the job. I wish he had just said, "Look, Captain America has had his day, but I will continue uh, to do what I do." Well, yeah, that's essentially what he does. He just does it with a shield. He's still the Falcon. He's still he's not going around doing what. But I guess America. I guess that that's still upsetting because like I mean I guess well, I mean we we all know, but it's upsetting the fact that I guess it's the fact that people will never accept the black man as a hero without that shield because that shield represents something else, right? Other that, than that man beholding it, right? The shield represents. Uh, like David was saying earlier, um, the spirit of America and what it means to be an American, and that's just not black. <laughs> um, uh, when it comes to heroes, um, uh, heroes of color that I like, that I enjoy, my favorite would probably have to be Luke Cage. Um, mm. Even before the Netflix series, I liked Luke Cage when he called himself Power Man and wore this funky little disco suit. Um, because he had his power. He was super strong and bulletproof. He had the opportunity to to fight with the Avengers and with the Fantastic Four. And yeah, he was the one with uh, Jessica Jones. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, however, he decided, like, no, no, I don't need to do that. My people need me. My neighborhood needs me. My and I'm going to do what I can for them. You've got your own. Uh, you've got your Captain Americas and you've got your 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 heroes. I'm going to stay in my community and do what I need to do for my community. If your if your BS comes to my community, then I'm going to get involved. Other than that, you do you, and I'm going to do me. I like that about him. Um, the other ones I, I like. I hate Spider Man, by the way, but I love Miles Morales. I just hate Peter Parker in general, um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I'm with both of you with him. I, I like how he's been uh, portrayed. I like his his uh, style. How he's not Peter Parker Spider Man. He's a different uh, Spider Man. And if they do um, representation like that, I'm all for it. Um, yeah, at least they had the good sense not to call him Spider Boy. 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure somebody got messy. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think it's clear. To, I think it's definitely a clear a clear understanding that throughout time, um, black and minority heroes have fought systemic problems as opposed to the average hero is just fighting. I mean, like really. I mean, honestly, there's governmental problems like the regular the run of the mill crime, but like you have. This, the you have minority heroes fighting like like Luke Cage fighting the problems within their city. They're fighting the systemic problems that are causing the real troubles within a people. Within I mean, within any given people, and that's kind of how I've always seen seen it. Even with Black Panther, they kind of used him to attack the problem that that um that black people didn't have their have their own thing, and that's literally what he is their own thing in, in essence. So look, I'm gonna I'm gonna chop this I'm gonna chop this right here because we've got more questions that I want to get to. I know I'm not gonna get to all of them. I don't want to get to some of them, including this one that is not on the list. Um, why do superheroes wear masks? Why? Why? Double life. Uh, help me understand this because I I I know all of the justifications of oh, but my girlfriend, my mother, my the people I love would be in danger if people knew who I was. But then there is the um, uh, Iron Man, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, um, Iron Stark? Man. I, yeah, Stark? the Tony Stark uh, thing where his ego actually caused him to just do the right thing and say, I'm Iron Man. Um, that's me, fools. So, But what that does, though, is as much as I hate the Iron Man character, I like the fact that there is at least some measure of accountability in we know who this guy is, we know where he is, we know what his taxes uh, are, uh, we there is there is some measure of accountability even if you can't actually hold them accountable to anything, um, and yet all other superheroes it seems feels like they've got to skulk around in this mask and I can't let anyone know who I am and what I'm doing and I've got a lot of my friends and I've got a lot of society and I can't let what's what's up with that because actually that so, that troubles me <laughs> about so, so, so with, with Iron Man uh, that's just a um manifestation of one of his superpowers white privilege he's white <laughs> rich and, uh, and looks like the average man <laughs> <laughs> he probably can't dance either in his case now, now, now <laughs> yes the other, the other superheroes and you notice that superheroes wear masks the villains tend not to for some odd and unusual reason um, the superheroes wear masks because what they're doing is illegal. <laughs> because they, <laughs> I mean, not only, I mean, not only that, you've also, you've also thought like when you, I think, like, so I think Tony Stark actually has done the wrong thing because you've volunteered people to a danger that they have that they have not agreed to. You as a superhero have agreed to that danger and like already by by donning your cape. But the mask re respects those who did not take up that same danger as you. Well, that's, no, that's, I, that's, don't, that's, I don't buy that argument. Police no. police officers, we know who the police officers are. We know what their faces, uh, we know uh, what their tax bracket is. We know, uh, and well, I, I, I would not accept the police force where we, could, where we couldn't see their Teddy, faces. Right. And, 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 and think about it this way, Chase. Teddy, um, you're muted. <laughs> Teddy, you're muted. 
Yeah, actually, I like her better this way. Let her go on. Peggy, do you want to talk? Tell yourself off mute. But, uh, but, but, Chase, what's the, you're making what, how... perfect sense, Teddy. I... <laughs> yes. I was gonna say, actually, oh, you ruined um, it. When officers, uh, sometimes do certain types of drug busts and stuff like that, they they put like a piece of tape to block uh, their badge number so that you know. In terms of retro, but I think it's wrong. I, that I, rule, only, that that it, whole practice makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, I think, I think that's but. wrong. <laughs> I'm, I mean, whether it's right or wrong, it tells you what the motivation is for secrecy. It's the concern about retribution, either yeah. against that in person. Life, so, and it's, so we it's insist on police. our heroes showing their faces. We need to know police, who our I heroes are. Then they will have to sleep with one eye open all the our, time. That's what our heroes have to do now, and that's that's. The uh, John has. John is trying to get this point out. <laughs> yeah, but most of our heroes, we don't know a lot who a lot of our heroes are. Well, when it comes to superheroes, think about it this way. Do you really want to be the guy who knows who Batman's family is and comes after Batman's family or Superman's family? I mean, yeah. there's there's superheroes. That, 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 that's that's why Joker was yeah, so dangerous. Know, like, they wrote a comic to the point where he got that. to everybody. No, no, like, that's their... that's your cripple. Like for for Superman, he can save the world all day. He'll save the universe as, as best as he can. But Lois Lane cries. <laughs> And everything right. stops. And, and, and that is a right. problem right. for being a superhero. Because of now me as a victim, if I'm being robbed, that's but his cousin being or his mom is now in danger because they know who his mom is, I do not want him now leave me subject to those robbers because, oh, my mom is in danger. But you, you can't also, be two places at but once. You, but you also don't want that singular uh, attention from Superman or from Batman or from that superhero because... Once you start messing with their family, all bets are off. Yeah, I, won't I mean, that's heroes. fine, but like, that's more of a confidence level of you as a villain. Like, if I feel like I can get, if I feel like I'm taking that plan, I have all measures accounted for. I do not trust someone who is acting on my behalf in a mask. In a world of because if they if they do me harm, I won't I won't be able to hold them accountable. Yeah, why not just judge them on their actions if they're trying? How do you judge them? Who are you judging? Oh, the guy in the mask. By their actions. Well, so that's 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 the thing. The only reason why a superhero is acting is because of the villain. I want the villain held accountable. Hey, Matthew, are you frozen or are you just listening intently? I am listening intently. I wanted to add something onto the previous conversation, but you moved on, so I'm still trying to catch up. Well, look, you were there frozen on the screen for like 30 minutes. I didn't know. I was. I am the frozen chosen. That's why I'm that gorgeous. So you can make it up here, Matthew. What What's the deal with the mask? Are you pro mask or anti mask? You uh, guys are way, for folks, such not really talking good. about this. Okay? <laughs> pro oh. mask. I'm um, always pro mask. You're going to get Tara in a Yeah, team. that's what I'm talking about right there. Okay, An Matthew, are you pro wand or anti wand? Oh, I'm I'm mixed. Yeah, I, I really am. If the guys, you should if take the guys that are back. acting on their own, then they need the opportunity to be normal in society without a mask. And that means. Sh shedding the superhero character because they are two people they are a functioning person of society and then they're this something else and in order to differentiate between those two characters be between those two personalities they need the mask to do that it's probably as much for them in terms of now i'm a person 
now I'm a hero. They probably need it for them as much as they, anything for the public, as well as all the protection. When they become sanctioned by the government, when they become voted for to do these things and become an integral part of law enforcement, then the mask can come off. <laughs> Look, I mean, in their okay, hold on. Yeah, their, I mean, I feel like kind of like, when Clark Kent, when Superman is Clark Kent, he is no more vulnerable to getting shot than when he's Superman. And so the idea that that you should be able to hide when you are acting on behalf of the government should be a thing that scares the shit out of all of us. So I want want some back and forth between... Hang on, Teddy. Teddy. I want some back and forth between Andrew and Matt uh, since we've had some back and forth between the rest of us. And I just want to throw this in. Wands away. And I'm going to put Andrew and Matt in a cage for a a couple of minutes to fight this out. But uh, I, as a a human being, uh, as as an atheist, as a black atheist in America, who grew up in Southern America, uh, I'm gonna tell you, uh, there were times when I wish I could have done everything that I have done in my lifetime anonymously, because it's scary. Uh, And some of it uh, endangered myself, some of it endangered my family. Uh, But in order to do the things that I thought were necessary, I had to do them and take on that risk. I didn't get the option of wearing a mask. Uh, and I don't, I don't buy the superheroes uh, nonsense of, I can't do my job right if I've got to worry about my family. Well, all of us have to worry about our family. Um, yeah, and so everybody's a I don't buy it. Uh, you're not in this conversation, Teddy. I'm not either as of, as of this <laughs> point. Uh, Andrew, Matt, uh, best BFFs, uh, go at it. Okay. I, first of all, I really do uh, appreciate Matthew. He's probably wrong on this. I mean, his favorite superhero <laughs> is Banana Man. What, what are you going to do? You grow up under that kind of pressure, you know, you're going to have a warped sense of what's right for superheroes. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, look, his mask, by the way. I mean, like a peel. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know if Matthew and I are going to disagree much. Um, so, I, I'm, I, you know, if you feel like you are the caped crusader, you're the person that that has the right and the ability, and you want to go be trained to carry a gun and make all of the rest of us obey whatever regulations they teach you in police gun carrying school, then you are accepting a certain amount of risk. And I'm sorry that that risk carries on to your friends and family. I don't want a world where we hurt each other. Uh, on the other hand, when you are allowed to put on a mask or to wear fake uniforms or to, or to place cloth badges on your clothing that don't properly identify either the agency you work for or the person that you are. We have ceased to have law enforcement and started to have tyranny. And I will be damned if I will ever vote for a system like that. 
you already live in a system like that. When a police officer clocks but off his I duty and goes home, for it. when a police officer clocks off his duty, he takes off his uniform, he goes home, he could sit next to you on the subway. You would not know he's a police officer. You cannot call on him to protect you if someone's trying to pickpocket That's the first not officer. The he has taken his mask off and he is no longer visible as a police officer. Well, that is how the life is. There's a big you difference there. You are wrong on the facts in the United States. In fact, a, an off-duty police officer in the United States is very often required to carry his service weapon. And even off-duty, but you don't. they know. are required to... Hold on. I'm not talking about who I know. And that's not the question here. The question is not who I know, but what system we live under. First of all, I didn't vote for a system where someone can tape over their badge and stop being legitimate law enforcement and start being vigilante. And to say that I don't know that the person sitting next to me on the subway is a police officer is absolutely right. But my point is, if I can't trust him to act like a police officer, then we ought to do a better job of selecting them. Okay. Do you uh, think Bruce Rain, Wayne would act any differently if he was sat next to you in the subway and saw someone trying to pickpocket you? He would behave the same way Batman does. He, he would, would do it to the best of his ability. I don't know whether he would or not. Clark he, Kent he doesn't behave like <laughs> Superman. Do Clark, Kent doesn't, Batman. Clark Kent doesn't fight <laughs> crime. Clark Kent goes and finds a fucking phone booth Hey, and then fights crime. So, I like that. That really, that's more of a, a, a conversation of their capabilities. But also because we know that Superman can run at light speed, he'll find that phone booth. But, but the at the same moment, is, you're still being the robbed. The same thing is true come back Batman. Bruce save. Wayne doesn't so fight crime. He's, Bruce Wayne gets that correct. little signal in the clouds, you know, the little bat during symbol. The, during the day, and, Bruce Wayne has had to act as bat has had to do Batman like actions, but he's done it in a way that does not compromise that he is Bruce Wayne. I mean that he is Batman and Bruce Wayne at the same time. So let me let me Kent in in what was the, uh, the first Superman where he what was it? They were at Niagara Falls and he just kind of lowered his glasses and did the little He does do stuff like that too. Yeah. So let me let me let me just jump and in here. That, you know, um, off the cuff. And, and that was a way, great conversation, officers. guys. I really appreciate that. That was, that was fantastic. To, I I need I need to say one more thing here. The police officers that live in my neighborhood very often park police cars in their front yards. So yeah. I do know, my point is. That's probably an indictment of the neighborhood you live in. No. They do it on the discounts off they of uh, Sorry, uh, although I will say that that was funny. Let me just jump, let me just jump right wrong. in. That's a fan fantastic conversation. I would say, uh, I would just add my two cents that police officers, even when on duty, are not wearing masks. Uh, and their uniforms are so constructed that you can see who they are. You can take a picture of their face. You can look at their face. You can give a description of who the person was. You can give a badge number. There is nothing about the police officer uniform that is designed to obscure their identity. I would argue that a police Sometimes officer and a superhero, what the rules they follow are not, are not necessarily comparable because a superhero can be at one point be, at some point be deputized by officers yes at that point we would like to know who you are but before that point you're operating under a different um That's under a different umbrella of things going on. like just okay, the fact so that, like, like, so Spider-Man while he's he 
Next question. We'll, we're going to skip question um, three for the sake of time. Um, and we're going to ask what distinguishes a superhero from a hero? Uh, there was some question marks in the comments about here. Um, and look, uh, oh, no, it was the real-life superhero thing. Right. But this, yeah, this is the thing, though. What's, so I think it starts here, though. We think about superheroes in terms of uh, fiction, uh, imagination, uh, comics. Um, and then we talk about real-life heroes. Uh, but it seems to me that real-life heroes are people who either have a greater... Uh, skill than the average person, uh, or greater training, or a greater drive, um, and so there's there's something there, uh, and I'm just asking more or less philosophically, uh, what in your mind distinguishes, if anything, a hero from a superhero? Chase, I promised you the first bite of this apple, followed by Andrew, Teddy, Matthew. And uh, dark mind. <laughs> um, I would say it's definitely the the, the capability at which we're talking about a person is doing is doing their good action. Um, I mean, a superhero like we can't just ignore or or we can't just ignore or get rid of the word of the of the definition of super. Um, the reason why superheroes like superheroes are superheroes is because they can do more than that what we consider a human can be can even do. Um, like even Batman himself, he's not a superhero, he's a hero, and that's what makes him so significant in the, in the Justice League, is that he is our, our, like, as human beings, our representation in a world of... So did you uh, just say Batman is not a superhero? No, he has human capabilities. He, like, so, so, so the fact that... Was that a yes or no? Is Batman a superhero or he's not? He's a hero, not a superhero. He's like, okay. Just, I just wanted hmm. to make sure that I heard that and that people know which black man said that. Because it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> hey, look, matter of fact, after this, you can start shooting my email on that debate. <laughs> we'll go all day. Um, no, but um, but your hate that, mail like, to that one. The reason why, the reason, even like, even because that, that 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 difference even kind of brings us back to like I, the ideas of what of where the, the tales of superheroes are kind of coming from, like with Greek mythology or mythology in the first place. Just those that storytelling of that person who is significantly above human capabilities um, or even human standard. Okay, uh, good answer. And uh, so who's, who's number two, Andrew? Ah, just, uh, so what yeah. was the question? <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, who was after Andrew? No, seriously, what was, what was the question? The difference um, between superhero and regular hero. Yes. Oh, right, right. So Philosophically um, speaking. Uh, okay, so I'm going to give a short answer and give the balance of my time back to uh, Chase because he had something and, he wanted to finish up there. And I'm going to and I'm going to walk away. So John, uh, it is up to you to uh, make sure that this moves on an orderly <laughs> way. And when people start running on at the mouth, you didn't you need to brutally cut them off and move to the next. <laughs> All right, David, stop talking. So, it's time for you, Andrew. <laughs> okay, so here's the here's the. So what is the difference between a hero and a superhero? Uh, first of all, it's possible that one exists, the others don't. Beyond that minor detail, uh, beyond that minor detail, 
don't I don't think there I don't think there is a difference. Uh, a hero and a superhero are both uh, that archetype that places themselves sometimes in imminent danger uh, for an ideal. And they don't, uh, they, they don't take into account the ultimate personal or the possible ultimate personal consequences. Chase, what were you going to, you, you had to finish up something there. It seemed like you wanted to. Uh, it, it, uh, it wasn't anything. It was, it was just the fact that that's sort of, yeah, what makes them, what makes them different is the fact that one is by definition super and separate and separate from us. And a hero is just, that's the pursuit of doing good. And you, it's two definitions, not one with superhero. Hmm. I know that was like a weird statement, but that's yeah. pretty much all. No, I, I, I think <laughs> uh, one exists, one doesn't. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you there. Like, there's. I mean, that's kind of like why it's like why it's a weird now, question Jesus in and of itself. Could definitely be classified as a superhero. Teddy, I want you to go next. <laughs> Who could? Yeah. I'm sorry. What'd you say, Teddy? Who like we said, said, one doesn't exist. I said Jesus <laughs> would qualify as a superhero that most definitely exists. Total uh, BS. Sorry. No, it's not. Uh, total. Got it. Total. I got my shroud evidence. <laughs> yeah. You can't wait, even yeah. wash your sheets properly uh, when he gets out of bed. What do you mean? The what? He couldn't even wash his sheets properly when he got out of bed. You got your. What to? Um, it's the evidence that all of the skeptics would would want, but uh, they don't even want that. Superheroes, superheroes. That is stop it. Don't be, don't be the bear, Andrew. Superheroes, Teddy. Teddy, what's the difference for you for superheroes and heroes? Okay, so the more I think about this question, especially the one that you brought up about Batman. So now I'm, I'm starting to wonder a little bit. So, uh, okay, so I, I generally speaking, I think of a superhero as someone that has uh, superhuman abilities, as in, for example, Superman, you know, uh, he's much, much stronger. He's got x-ray vision. He can fly. Uh, all of these great things. Now, I, I still consider Batman a superhero, but I will confess that maybe that's just because I grew up with considering him and he was part of the he was part of the crew with the super friends. No, I, I, I understand. What? Because that's because why my comments I, are hard to take. <laughs> I think as I started thinking so I, I've about solved it, your dilemma, Chase. It's like as I started thinking about it a little bit more, think about think about our our military, the the guys in special ops. Are they really any different from soup from Batman? So the difference they is because like you can't you like you you right now can learn to be Batman, but you could never learn to be Superman. I don't know. But you about could learn that. to be a special ops agent, but you could never so, learn. But you could, I, mean, I guess I don't I don't have like a, a fictional comparison to a special ops agent well, but like let me ask you a question that's, that's there, kind of the Chase. difference of, of a so, superhero and a hero and what we're talking about the fact that person has an ability that cannot be obtained by humans it is a it's not a just above human well, ability then that's why it's, it's more than just the ability so let me just ask who all Hold has on. not given their answer 
It's yes. down to me and John. Yeah. And the, the boys are talking over the girl. <laughs> you know what? She needs no help in this department. You're not going to work up any sympathy uh, for the bear. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, um, so, you know, when I think of these special ops guys that do all these wild feats of heroism that, you know, your average even military person couldn't do. They're, they're pretty similar to Batman, but maybe that just means that they are superheroes, our special okay. ops people. Let's, um, go to, let's go to Matthew uh, and then John, and then I will tell you all why you were wrong. Uh, and I'll do it in less than 30 seconds. Uh, a superhero is a superhero because they make it their life's calling to be a Damn hero. you, Brit! This is where I was going. Ah. That, is, that is why Batman is a that's superhero, was... because he's dedicated his life I to it. Dis I disagree. A hero I is like somebody who saves a girl out of a... saves a drowning girl out of a lake, and then he goes... No, I think that is a heroic job. act. A, a superhero <laughs> is something who does that kind of thing all day, every day, for the rest of his life. They change their lifestyle for the benefit of doing heroic acts constantly. That is so everyone that has that's a career in the military, military, we should call so superheroes? I guess that's where I disagree as far as what you're what you're calling super in that. Like I feel like I feel like that's the definition of a hero. Like that's yeah. like the, like uh, doing a heroic act does not immediately make you a hero. That's just a heroic act. But Having if you are if you're, if, you're, if your life goal is to do if, if your life goal is to do good, I, at that point I would grant you the title of cuz hero and superhero mm -hmm. title Based Do we call every combat veteran a superhero? I mean, is, no, is that what we're really retire. saying? Because I don't. No, they retire. That's not. That's not. Hold on. That's not what I said. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't suggest that they were retired. I just said they were combat veterans. You read in retirement. That doesn't mean the people no, no, I'm talking no, no, about. No, you, you, you missed my point. I said the superhero is somebody who dedicates their. It's a voluntary action. They dedicate their life to being a hero. Combat veterans, they just do it for the money. Oh no! Um, okay, now now you're just talking bullshit. Because <laughs> they, they, it's a career I, choice. No, no, it's a career choice. It's not a lifestyle choice. I've, I've asked you a, I've asked you a straight question. Yeah, and I've given you a straight answer. It's a career choice. It's a career choice. Can you prove that combat veterans all do it for the money? Because I can tell you that soldiers don't make that much money, dude. You, so come on. You you missed my tongue in cheek are, are you, a bit there. Why why are you a software developer? Okay, it's a career. The same as people who are veterans. They go to the army. They do it for a career. People who do who go into people like Batman, he's not doing it for a career. He doesn't do it no, because of the job satisfaction. In some of the comic books, actually, the superheroes are civil servants. So, are those not superheroes then? If they if they draw a stipend for being a superhero, then, then they're not superheroes. They're, super, they're, they're not, just getting, doing it they're not the getting a stipend for their superhero activity, are they? They are changing their lifestyle to be a hero constantly. God, but, that's, but that doesn't make you super. What the hell are you Because that just makes about, you a hero. Dude. Like, just doing a hero act doesn't make you a hero also. Because villains constantly, well, because you're too busy talking and you're not doing enough time listening. That's why you don't get what I'm saying. Hey, who... <laughs> uh, actually, I wasn't talking. Chase was. Uh, who, no, no, no. Go ahead, who was, who was the football player... His name escapes me right now, who right uh, after 9-11 yeah. gave up his whole NFL career to go uh, to go fight and then got killed. What's his name? Um, 
I mean, I, what, a, what an incredible oh, man. And I keep coming up that, with that, I mean, just because, just because we just, so no matter how much we admire a person in their action, does that make them super? Like the, the fact, like that's what, that's what's granting the title of hero. The super Let, part comes with your, with what, your ability. With your ability, that's why you're been, a superhero. He's been, because he's been we're speaking to something happy fair. to just let the carnage happen in front of him. John, <laughs> John, what, what, what's your answer? You haven't spoken up on this yet. Well, Matthew was correct. <laughs> oh, I'm just, uh, <laughs> just seeing things now. <laughs> yeah, but, I, uh, you sly dog. You. Nah. The, the difference, the difference is superpowers. It's it's in the name. It's the actual superpower. Uh, yes, the superheroes do this for a living. That's what they do. They they wake up uh, like I'm on Kill Bill. Uh, Superman wakes up as Superman and becomes Clark Kent when he won't, when he doesn't. But he's always Superman. Superheroes are always superheroes in the story, but what makes them different from regular heroes, from military veterans who some people call heroes, I don't, as a, as a vet, I don't call vets heroes because we're not, but um, the difference is superpowers. Uh, they can do things that normal people can't do, like Batman has superpowers. Okay. So no way that you can be a master of every single before the conversation uh, comes in and spirals out of control over this simple question I'm going to move on to the next one but I will say I, I, find, I found this more interesting than I thought I would um, simply because in the world of comics and in the world of superhero making all of the franchises have superheroes that don't have superpowers and so that's um, that is that's just a fact of, of that world. And so I was just curious as to what you thought made a superhero uh, and if there was, in fact, a difference or if this is not just some artificial difference. Uh, I agree with a, a combination of you all um, for different reasons. Um, but I myself am mostly in the category of Anyone who does something heroic is a hero, but uh, you become a superhero when you make a life of it. Because there, there are circumstances, even in the comic world, where superheroes can have superpower, but they can spend all their time working as insurance agents and never use it. They're not superheroes at that point. Uh, it's, not just, it's not just you know what you're wearing under your cape that makes you super. Um, and... And it's not just leaping tall buildings with a single bound that makes you a hero. And so I, I just think that even in the world of comic book um, imagineers, there, there must be an intense struggle there because many of them have come up with the answer. There is something that makes a superhero besides superpower. Um, so thank you, thank you for that. We are we are coming through, and I'm going to allow Teddy, who was about to say something next, to choose our next question for us because uh, we are running out of time and we will not get them all. But you cannot choose question ten because question ten is the closing comments for everyone. So we might have time for two more of these. Teddy, choose one. Um, I this is part of the Miles Morales question in terms of. Um, Wearing the mask. Question and... ten. That's the one that I said you cannot choose. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why I give instructions. I, I don't. Do that. Sorry. Um, she obeys Jesus, not you. That's uh, the reason. 
Uh, let's see, let's see. What do we? Well, there's not very much left. There's uh, the whole the thing about what do I think about the self-sacrificing savior motif of the good. superhero? That's a that's a good one. Uh, that's question number uh, eight, uh -huh. uh, Teddy. Uh, since this is it would appear that it was written mostly with you in mind, I assure you it wasn't. <laughs> um, I would have asked this question even if there was any Christians on board, and at the time we had. Um, at least one or two other Christians on board. So what do you think about the uh, self-sacrificing uh, savior motif of the superhero genre? Wow. Um, I, I said I was going to give you first bite, but what I actually mean is I'm going to give you first bite after me. Um, so um, you don't mind eating after me, do you? No, nope, no. Nope. Okay. Um, so <laughs> so um, it's, it's this. I think... Uh, one of the things that disturbs me uh, about the superhero genre and about all hero genres, so even some of the sci-fi stuff, you know, Captain Kirk or, uh, you know, whoever, whoever you want to throw in there, uh, these heroes that, you know, make a, a life of going around saving the world. Uh, I actually think that's more problematic than good. Uh, when you have someone with a messiah complex who wakes up every morning thinking the world is going to go to hell in a handbasket if I don't do X. I, I think that's uh, psychologically unhealthy. I think it is ultimately inaccurate. Uh, and we even start thinking in terms of, oh, no, that superhero can't die. He's the one who's holding it all together. Uh, whether it's a president, whether it's um, a, a, a military leader, it, it is never true. Uh, and so uh, I frankly find the entirety of the superhero genre disturbing because all of them seem to have this this messiah complex that, you know, it, I have to do this. This is my duty, my burden, my cross to bear because the world just can't put its underwear on without me. You so, can't. Oh, sorry. Teddy, yeah. no, you're, you're, uh, you're up. I, when... I say... When you, or if, if we are to expect this immense sacrifice for people and where somebody exerts incredible efforts, uh, puts their life at risk for the benefit of others, that is not necessarily a natural feeling to have. And it's only if one has that feeling that they are going, that they are tasked or that they have some sort of a calling to save the world, that they are going to go through such an incredible effort to do so. Um, and so what you, you know, kind of scoff at, that's what's necessary. That's the fuel that gives them the ability to do all of these good things. Um, and, and, and I even bring that down to just even our police, our firefighters, our military, our, our military members. Um, you know, what some people would call a messiah complex or a hero complex uh, and, and they say that in a denigrating way. I, I think that's the most 
important thing for every single person to aspire to because when we do that then we have the goodness wouldn't we have wanted more of that in nazi germany people standing up having the courage especially when their lives are at risk i mean think about uh if we had had that then we would have never had the holocaust never it would have been nipped in the bud and um, and so I uh, that that's what separates the wheat from the chaff, the 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 heroes and the superheroes from just the mere eh, everybody else. Andrew, on their uh, sofa, Andrew, you know? Messiah complex, go. Oh boy, I'm in I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a dangerous spot because I'm going to be terribly close to agreeing with Teddy. Oh, this is yeah, yeah, no, I know it's a, it's a, it's a dangerous place. Uh, you know, uh, someone come save me. Okay, so I think that I think that it's the right question to say: Do our heroes have messiah complexes? But a hero doesn't necessarily have to have. A messiah complex. So the so the heroes we should be concerned about are those who have messiah complexes because those are the ones that are going to uh, Sorry, try to enforce here. their views of what society should be on everyone else. Yeah, I'm saving you for this particular purpose. I'm saving you because you're called out. But surely none of us are such simplistic thinkers that we think that just because messiah complexes are possible, everyone has one. Even, even those who act uh, in pursuit of some noble calling. Uh, and, and in that same way, I might receive something for some act that I did. It doesn't mean that receiving something for that act is the reason that I performed it. And I doubt that any of us are so simple that we think that uh, that life is not full of complexity and that complexities go together to make up a full being. Who's going to go next? So I'll go. So uh, again, in the superhero world, I actually don't think that it is self-sacrifice. I think that in, as in the case of a uh, certain carpenter that some of us know about. If you are pretty much <laughs> invulnerable or heal really, really quickly or have a suit of armor that pretty much nothing can get around or access to someone or something that can heal you really quickly, is it really a sacrifice? Mm -hmm. I mean, Superman isn't sacrificing much to go fight anybody because he's Superman, <laughs> you know? And his paycheck's um, still covered. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, not even his he job, you know? Pleasure <laughs> to kryptonite. No. No. Yeah. So, so, as, <laughs> as a technical that, question that for most you. people don't have. Let me ask you a technical question in your in your answer. Does does wanting to be a savior necessarily mean that you are giving up something? Um, I kind of feel. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. That was kind of oh, answer. Oh, it's, it's a question for the room. So, yeah, I, but John's still giving his answer. 
And I said, let me ask him the specific question. So, so, so try to keep up. <laughs> yes, Daddy. You can hold my hand, Matthew. <laughs> so I'm just curious, does it, does it mean um, that, you know, does wanting to save mean that you're sacrificing? No, not necessarily. Because, uh, again, just because you have the desire to help someone out doesn't mean that you're putting yourself in harm's way to do so. Um, you keep bringing up, uh, or it, it keeps getting brought up, um, military and police, which all cops are bastards. But anyway, um, they, when, they do their, when they do their heroic acts, it's after... Uh, uh, crap load of training they've got the armor they've got they've got the the system behind them so that they can safe that that reduces the amount of sacrifice to almost nil for them because cops don't get killed in the line of action all that often <laughs> they really don't they get they get killed in other 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 things but they don't they are trained and they have their their SWAT gear and all to help keep that uh, at the bare bare minimum. It's not as big a sacrifice as as if say David would go in and and stop the uh, somebody from robbing Costco or what have you. Wait, wait a minute. What are you you're saying that I couldn't stop somebody that I'm not I'm mighty positive enough to... David has the gear. I mean look, look at the agency he's in. He's like look he had he clearly was on his way to his office in Shield Agency and stopped <laughs> to use a terminal to talk to us. Um, but uh, I, th Matt, I mean Matt, I'm just, just a second Matt have you answered this question Matt? Not yet. Okay, Matt has a tendency of just kind of lagging and then holding, <laughs> hold. You, we're going to stop everything and have Matt answer this question. I don't even remember what the question was. Um, it's about the Messiah complex of uh, yes, uh, superheroes. Yeah. yeah, what's but the before, quickly All before I want to know is, do you agree with me or not? I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> the, it's, the, the thing is about this um, sacrifice complex is, the risk of sacrifice is boiled into the definition of hero. You can't do a heroic act without putting yourself at risk or at danger. It's there in the definition. So if you're going to get people who do this on a regular basis, of course they're going to look like they've got this complex about risking themselves, about uh, uh, self-sacrifice, about being a messiah. Of course it's going to look like that's what they've got because that's what they're doing. They're putting themselves in danger. That's why... Superman is just a super. He's not a superhero because he's not actually putting himself in danger. He's just super. <laughs> All right. That almost lends some hand to my comments before in the last question. But I agree with Matt because, like, essentially by... I'm right. Of just course, I'm by, <laughs> just by Just by, by saying you are dedicating your life to saving, you've already made the declaration that you're putting it upon yourself to save. Like... Like you're not putting it on someone else's shoulders or leaving it to someone else's hands. You are saying, "I'm going to save." So how, like that, by definition, is, is kind of giving you that that savior Messiah complex. But that doesn't mean it's. Per I does, also doesn't. Yeah, mean but it's let me permanent. let me just ask. Do you so want because to be it's saved to the all the time. I mean, what was that? Does, yeah. if, do you want to be saved all the time? Yeah. Doesn't it take if away I, some if I, bit if I'm of requiring saving? Yes. Yeah. Well, doesn't it take away some bit of agency? 
you know, if you if you've got this super watchman uh, that no matter what happens, they're going to swoop in and save you, then you're missing out on some of your own agency's experience to be able to risk things yourself. Because part part of risk is failure, and sometimes the failure is uh, is spectacular. And so I'm not sure I even like the idea of someone just deciding uh, that I need saving all the time. Well, I mean, I guess what type of, well, I mean, I guess like, but like, are you, are you just boiling it down always to even the finite decisions of a person's actions? Or are we keeping it within the realms of like a real, like a realistic superhero where they're going to stop the common crime as opposed to actually making decisions for you? Cause I mean, I don't feel like, right. I mean, even if I don't feel like the Superman's going to stop me from choosing, um, Pepsi over Coca-Cola. I'm, I'm just no, sorry. but if you go if um, you go uh, skiing, say in a place that is known for avalanches, and they there's an avalanche warning, and the authorities say don't go, and you say you know what I can go, I can do it without ropes, I can do it without safety gear, I can go, and then he goes and saves you. Well, then you didn't really get to do it. But isn't this the difference between <laughs> between that may not be a good example? That, I'm not sure. Isn't here? this the difference between someone who occasionally saves and someone who has a savior complex? So when I hear this question, I hear a, a question about someone with a particular mental defect. And don't we need to to draw a distinction between those who will uh, act in noble pursuit and those who have some defect. Right. So because if we can, if we can manage to not bring up the military and police to that, I that I think will pollute this question. <laughs> I think um, the result is the same. Does it actually matter? I, I, I think it does. I think it does because I think that we all under the right circumstances will do something heroic sometimes, even if it's just to save our own. Um, but that's, that said, I do think that there is something uh, a little bit off about a person who says, I'm gonna, I'm just going to save people randomly, and that's going to be my life's work. You know, our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, whom I love, by the way. But uh, look, he just runs around, you know, so I, I, I think I think there's, I hear a crime going on over there. I want to go stop it. Because, you know, the police, God forbid we let them do their job. Uh, there is something off about people like that. And what's off about them from a typical person is that they are superior to a typical person. Oh, they no. have superior oh. uh, ethics, superior. <laughs> I, almost I mean, in terms of if, if they, the if they have <laughs> that sort of wanting to help people in need and dedicating themselves, that is better than normal. So, yeah. Matthew, oh. you get to pick. You okay. get to pick the last question that is not number ten. Um, <laughs> I'm just. Gonna, I'm going to let that groaner from Teddy close that question out. Uh, right. Commenters, <laughs> keyboard warriors, you've got your work cut out. All uh, right, let's, let's go for number nine then. If you're a superhero, where would your base be? Oh yeah, good question. Oh, and what type of crime would you fight? Washington D.C. That's where we need them. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost gonna agree with Teddy. Oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go last or second or wherever I feel like is necessary. Uh, Andrew, you haven't started one of these off. Um, yeah, if you're a superhero, uh, where would your? It's a two-parter. Where would you set up your base uh, of operations? And what would I fight? Yeah, what type of crime oh. would you fight? Assuming wow. that it's crime, you would fight at all. Who knows what you would fight? <laughs> Uh, so I think this one's particularly tough. Um, 
you know, if you're if you really have the the sort of superpowers that Superman has, it it doesn't really appear to matter where you have your base. If you're a more limited superhero uh, like Batman, and you know you you put this cave in the ground and a bunch of computers and a really fast car, well, obviously I'm I'm just going to uh, fight wherever I do that. Maybe it's New York City. That's sort of the that's sort of the typical, uh, right? But uh, so I don't I don't actually know. I don't actually know where I would put my lair. I think I'd have to to look at the globe and find the place that that most identified with the thing that I wanted to fight. So now, what okay. kind of what kind of fighting would I do? What would what would I fight? Uh, probably human trafficking. That is that is probably what I would fight. Um, so you know we can come up with some uh, we can come up with some sort of other super villain, right? If if, there, if I were a superhero, I'd need a a super villain, right? So maybe a super villain uh, trafficker. <laughs> I don't know the, the sort of thing. The sort of thing is is. Um, you know, it's it's hard to take that seriously in terms of the superhero conversation because really what we keep doing in this conversation is trying to apply it to the world that we live in. I think if I were a superhero, what I would fight is human trafficking because one of the keys to living the life that we all want is that ability to self-direct. And if there was one thing that I think we could do for all of us that would better our conditions, it would be to allow us all to self-direct. So I'd find the place where, uh, you know, there was a high degree of trafficking. That's what I'd find. Okay, I'm going to go second. I'm going to go second because I I have determined that this is where uh, I'm best suited. And also I can't, I'm, itching to answer this question um we don't need to know about your itching don't worry i'm scratching it <laughs> um teddy's got a one you can only see the top half my friend um so <laughs> very thankful <laughs> and even that is too much <laughs> um yeah, so here we go. I, I realize I pulled this panel together uh, to practice humility. Uh, so I think I would, my base of operations would be right where I am uh, in, in this very room, <laughs> in fact. And the crime that I would fight uh, is cybercrime uh, and also uh, fraud, whether it's on the internet or not. Because we have the police to fight bank robbery. Uh, the police need to be better at their job, yes. They need better tools, yes. But we have we have agencies for that stuff. Um, we have agencies, we have governments to, to fight off things like nuclear war and, you know, stuff like that. We've got um, spies and three-letter uh, organizations. Uh, but what we're not very good at is protecting the average person against uh, fraudsters and uh, and cyber criminals and uh, people who had just conned them 
uh, out of their life's work. And so I, I think I would make that uh, the area because in also that's an area of crime that really makes me mad. It really makes me it really pisses me off um, the the means that people go to defraud other people. So just as an example, one of the things that uh, has been happening to me re uh, recently, you know, you get these robocalls, everyone gets them. Uh, there's a really good one that uh, I started getting uh, and it says, uh, this is your utility company and uh, we're calling to, uh, this is an apology call from your utility company. Uh, we've overcharged you uh, for the last uh, few months and uh, we have a refund for you and uh, we need you to call this number uh, to claim your refund. Uh, and all, all it is, I can tell you exactly what it is and no, I haven't called the number. I just know the industry very well. It's one of these uh, unregulated uh, uh, power industries and they go around using all manner of fraud and tactics to try to convince people uh, that they are the power company uh, and uh, you know they're they're gonna cut your bill uh, or they're gonna give you a um, uh, a check or they're gonna do whatever you know we're uh, you know knock on your door we're just we're, we're checking your service uh, we understand that there's some uh, issues uh, in this apartment building we need and then you know leads into a sales it's it's this sort of thing i want those people to die badly immediately invisibly in front of everybody uh so that they can be laughed at so that their children can be kept out of school and mocked i want their parents to suffer I, I want that whole the whole complex to come burning down, and if I were a superhero, I would rain down holy hell on these people all day, every day from my lair. And I don't mind putting my name and face out there when I do it. Do you need to be a superhero? A lot of people have. I just gotta tell you, it pisses me off. I do you need to be a superhero to fight that though? I've I've been a telemarketer among other kinds of salespeople, and these people give telemarketers a bad name. Um, anyway, yeah, that's what I would be. Um, John. Uh, I, actually, I should go next because my answer is exactly the same as yours. You wretched, <laughs> wretched, horrible person. You, you stole well, my I answer. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to let you go later when people have forgotten oh. about my answer, which will happen in about <laughs> a, a couple of minutes, and then you can Nobody deliver ever it again what you as say, if it were new. Uh, John, who, what, where? Tell me, superhero John, your base of operations and your crime so that you would I, fight. I, I really wouldn't have a base of operations. I'd be kind of wandering. Uh, and I also would not be a hero <laughs> fighting crime. <laughs> I would be on the uh, vigilante, vigilante uh, anti-hero side of things. And um, what I would go after would be, you know how the Punisher goes after criminals? Yeah. I would go after cops. Wow. Okay. Wow. That is, that is John <laughs> at AOL.com. <laughs> okay. So, John, fill that out, man, because that's, that's really an interesting answer. Like, if you were a superhero, like, right now, today, yeah. you, would, you would go, 
Well, and maybe you wouldn't call yourself a superhero. So sorry, you have superpowers, whatever they are, but not considering yourself a hero. How would you identify the cops that you went after? Well, I would. I'm uh, just curious. The uniform. Uh, well, <laughs> so, they practically identify themselves. Metal badges every, or cloth. Every badges once in a while, they take off their uniform and go to the subway. But um. <laughs> <laughs> well, seriously, I mean, presumably I, you wouldn't go after every cop, right? Or would you? No, I would. I, 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 I do not, have never, will not, uh, like or support police. Period. End of story. I think they should all resign or, like David said, die in very explicitly horrible ways. I, I didn't say that about oh. cops. I said just for that. <laughs> let me get the mail because people know my email. It's skepticsandseekers at gmail.com. Uh, I, I am not the... <laughs> I'm not the guy who said this, though. Um, look, I think it, I think the interesting. more interesting question with uh, John's story that we uh, won't continue much further is what what are the circumstances that would lead a person to that um, idea? And I think that there is I think there is um, a, a, a show or two or three uh, in that in that question. Uh, since uh, we know that Matthew's just going to crib my answer, Chase, um, your um, your uh, superhero. I didn't ask what your superhero names would be, uh, by the way, and I feel like I missed a trick on that. Well, um, Chase, only, uh, three in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Chase, uh, the crime you would uh, fight and uh, your base of operations. <laughs> Um, I myself probably wouldn't have a base of operations either just because I feel like I would have this this need to roam and find a crime. I'm committing my life to it. Uh, but I think I don't know, I think I'd probably be on the, like I'd probably be more on the long lines of an anti-hero myself too. Um, just more of just fighting injustice how I like injustice how where I see it. Kind of like uh, 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 arrow. I think more like a loop. Yeah, like like Arrow and Luke Cage, like a like like a like a like a Robin Hood sort of like person, because at some point I do find myself well having to having to wrong somebody, uh, to make right things happen, for at least for my for my world for my own world. Tell me, so. would you have a catchphrase? Because I I how, do like how Arrow's could I not? Because <laughs> I, I love the you have failed this city. That's and then he and then he does something bad to you, um, like that. Like, I, 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 I mean, how could I not leave without them knowing that, like, like you didn't just get, like you didn't just get punished, but you got punished with with intention. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna give everyone uh, a little bit of chance in their closing statement. If you want to add your superhero name and your catchphrase, uh, feel free to do it. Uh, then uh, Matthew. What crime do you fight, and where do you fight it? Are you going to stay on in in Britain for your crime fighting? I'm just no, kidding. I would I would be mobile. I would want to move my base of operations according to which specific uh, conglomerate I was going to burn down, and so I'd want to move to their locality. I like to see we don't have a very good Batman like line of not. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably be called Cashback or Robin Hood. Wait, Hood's oh, wait or, a minute, did you say Cashback? Like <laughs> Cash back. No one's gonna be hunchback. No one's gonna be intimidated by hatchback. 
for a half. Oh, you guys, meet me, Corvette, and my sidekick, Hatchback. <laughs> and um, and yeah, the superpower would be being able to tap into mentally tap into networks, so I could read what was going on in the network traffic, so I could see who was being conned out of money in whatever kind it was I was going. There are people in this world to become mega rich by creaming off uh, pension funds or just putting off the, uh, immorally putting off uh, money out of their companies and depriving uh, em employees of, of money which they really should be having. So I'll be wanting to rectify all that kind of thing. So that would absolutely be. And you can't even take me, you ask me a serious question, you can't even take me seriously. And you wonder why I like and you wonder why I keep funds. coming back. I mean, I it's just crazy. I love, I love your answer. I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to work hatchback out of my system. <laughs> but it's a four-cylinder answer, man. I mean, <laughs> because I, because I, I love the fact that you, um, you actually would um, be more interested in the the big, the big criminals, the the people that seem to have an immunity um to to the law because of their size and their power and so forth and i i would like to go after those people too but i i get pissed off at the petty criminals <laughs> uh and so i would probably waste most of my time going after nickel and dimers because they make me just as mad as the the big guys uh maybe we can team up but sometimes so, so yeah. the petty criminals are only doing that because some rich dude has gone and ripped them off. So they've got very few options. You know, give them back, the, the empower them back, and they won't be pettying anymore. Pettying? Who has not answered this question? Teddy, I, I don't think. Or did I? No. She's going to save our souls no, with I the magic wand. You. So who? So what would what would the crime be that you fight, and where's your base of operations? And tell me it's not in some mobile, uh, you know, European small vehicle. <laughs> those cars they have up in Europe, like little boxes. So Mini Cooper. <laughs> Daddy, do you have an answer? Did you? That's did you not a good superhero name. Answering. <laughs> Like what would my yeah. super? Yeah. What, what was your base of operation, and what crime would you fight? Oh, um, Washington D.C. Okay. Uh, the crime that I would be um, targeting—that would be my number one thing to target—would be uh, murderers and and people that seek to oppress others. But in terms of severe oppression. Uh, that that's the thing that makes my blood boil. Um, and my my, aren't we having our superpower names or little superhero names? Uh, you I can would... you can uh, give it now, or you can wait for your closing. Uh, oh, okay. okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay, so let's uh, let's begin uh, with our closing statements. Uh, this is a. I'll go first. Um, and the closing statement. Uh, will somebody read it? Who's not me? Um, uh, it's number 10. Miles oh, Morales um, said, uh, Chase. Uh, <laughs> Miles Morales said that anyone could wear the mask. You could wear the mask. Explain what that means to you and what that could do to what you could do to wear the mask. Okay. Um, yes. Nice. I do believe um, 
that anyone can wear the mask. Um, the mask, of course, is metaphorical. Um, it's a way of saying that uh, you can do great things, heroic things, even super uh, things. And I have lived enough life to, to have seen people that I would have written off as incapable uh, of doing anything or being anything but sources of pity to, in their way, accomplish uh, great things. And so it is a reminder to me uh, that I should not have, uh, one, that I should not have the soft bigotry of low expectations of anyone. Um, you do not have to be a permanent victim to someone else's villain. You can wear the mask. And there are things that you can do uh, to improve your situation. I'm not saying you can defeat the villain. But you also don't have to be helpless. Uh, so that's, that's one of the first things that comes to mind. Uh, I have to remind myself of that because I am pathetic. Uh, in many real ways. Uh, I am a shadow of the athlete that I used to be. Many knee surgeries later, I walk with difficulty. Um, my vision is poor. Uh, my memory is fading. <laughs> and so um, I, got a, I got a lot of things going against me. And I have to remember that I can still wear the mask that I am not just the sum of my weakest parts uh, and that there are still things that I can do. Uh, and so this phrase is a kick in the ass for me uh, as well. So what are some of the things that I can do to wear the mask? Well, first of all, I compile a strong team. The thing that makes skeptics and seekers good week after week after week is not me giving monologues. It's the team that I surround myself uh, with. Uh, I bring on Matthew, who is not, you know, a, officially a member of the Skeptics and Seekers team. He does his own show. I bring him on all the time, though, the, not because uh, he has an obviously fake British accent, um, but because Matthew is one of the more insightful people uh, I've ever met on any topic. And so he will take a while to think about an answer and contemplate what he hears and then say something that's meaningful, that makes you stop and think. Those are the people that I need around me. That This is a part of my super team. Um, I bring on Teddy because she's an obvious villain and every hero needs an arch villain. Um, I'm sure there's more of a noble thing I could say about Teddy, but that's what comes to mind at the moment. Uh, I bring on Andrew because he keeps answering the goddamn phone. Um, so I can stop. <laughs> I, need, I need someone to fill a slot. I call. He says, yeah, okay. <laughs> so um, uh, I am so glad that I found uh, people like John and Chase to challenge uh, my assumptions um, 
you need a, a super team. I've got David Russell, who uh, joins me most every week, um, to uh, who is going to almost certainly disagree with me on on every major thing that we talk about. But I need someone who I can respect who disagrees with me, uh, so that I can so that I can think about it more clearly, uh, more deeply. Uh, so. Wearing the mask uh, means putting together a super team. And then finally, I, I would say that wearing the mask uh, for me is doing the little things and occasionally the big things. And then you do them and then you breathe a sigh of relief and then you take a nap and then you do it again. Uh, and that's what wearing the mask is. For me this year, uh, wearing the mask was uh, in March, April. Uh, when this nightmare called COVID uh, became a reality, uh, I was paralyzed with uh, just paralyzed. What do you what do you do against that kind of foe? Uh, and you read news stories about people donating you know, lots of food or lots of time or lots of effort or lots of money. Uh, and I thought, well, I don't, I don't really have any of that. <laughs> um, what do I, what do I do? Do I just stand here stupidly and let the supervillain get me? Um, and surviving COVID, uh, surviving Corona, <laughs> uh, came from that. Um, there have been a lot of reports uh, since then. We, uh, we were able to send about two thousand uh, dollars to the cause, and I want to say that everyone who donated. Um, you're a goddamn hero uh, in my book. Everyone who wrote a word uh, in the book, you're a hero. Uh, that, that's enough money to have made a difference somewhere. One life, maybe. One machine, one, uh, you know, a thousand PPEs. It's, it's something, you know. Um, and that was a way of wearing the mask. Uh, every week when I do the show, and I don't feel like it, which is most weeks, <laughs> um, because I think it's important. I think the conversation is important. That's a way that I can wear the mask. And then you, you wear it, and then you put it away, and then you do it again. And that's how you wear the mask. Uh, you you wear it and then you do your thing and then you put it away and then you do it again. So I, I have to put it on every week, maybe a little bit every day. Uh, but that's what it means to me. Uh, and it's not easy and, it, and it's not fun. Uh, but that's that's the mask that I can reach for. And that's what it means to me to wear it. Um, in whatever order uh, the rest of you would like to proceed. Okay, since no okay. one will step up. <laughs> you, everyone's too shy, I think. I'm, I'm looking, okay. I'm looking at you. I'll go. Uh, okay, Andrew. Okay. I doubt very much that anyone here wears a mask. Uh, Matthew doesn't wear a mask. Chase, I don't think you wear a mask. John, I don't know you well, but I don't get the sense that you're wearing a mask. 
He is now holding uh, up a full-faced Teddy- Batman mask. He's about to put it on. Don't do No, stop <laughs> it. He's got see, this assortment see, of masks. <laughs> see, see, see. But uh, that, that one, <laughs> that was well played. Uh, okay, so maybe John wears a mask. Okay. Uh, Teddy, I know what your career is. I doubt very much that you wear a mask. That took, uh, that took incredible commitment. See, the difference between real life and the superhero universe is that most of us live every day trying to do the right thing. We're not wearing masks. Now, I I think there are people who do, but most of us here have shared a mic several times now. And we do it because we're not putting on. We're not donning a cloak and tying on a cape and putting on shiny boots and going out into public to do a particular thing. Whether it's, whether it's acknowledging that the cashier gave us too much change or helping a person across the street or just putting on a damn mask because masks aren't political statements. They're statements that you care about the people around you. The difference between us and the superhero universe is that we're not wearing masks. And thank every one of you. I enjoyed sharing a mic with you. Matthew. Um, first of all, thank you, David, for that compliment earlier. It, it always lands really well when somebody that you respect pays you a compliment like that. Um, sometimes I think I do wear a mask, actually, uh, Andrew, or consider it, because I work for a company which likes to have a good positive media presence. And while I haven't named my employer, it's not impossible to find out who my employer is, or it's not impossible for my employer to find out what I do in my free time. I'm quite fortunate. I think that in the UK, I don't think that would necessarily mean much of an impact, but I can imagine that there are people in the world who who live in countries where if they do what I do on podcasts and on mic uh, at the weekends that that might have an impact on uh, on their their lifestyle on the on the company that they work for and um, I don't necessarily consider myself a hero but there are people who do do that and they have to keep those lives separate and be- and they are probably heroes I reckon because of what they do because of the risk that they take either to career or or personality so what can I do how can I wear a mask I guess I can do whatever I can to support those people I can add a voice to those people a lot of the people that I follow on Twitter that talk in the space that I talk in do it anonymously they have names that are obviously not their real names they have images that are obviously not them and uh they, they hide their location and identity behind that. A lot of them are come under the banner of ex-Muslim, but n- not all of them. What can I do to, to help them repeat their words, give 
give um, volume to their words, say their words again so that people can hear them. Uh, people who are in safe places like me can hear them. So the way I see myself in this space is I'm not the hero. I'm the sidekick. I'm the person who says yes to the hero, to try, who tries to help the hero, who tries to facilitate what it is that the hero does. And that is how I see my role. Well said, Hatchback. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, don't apologize. It's funny. <laughs> it's honestly what I heard. I don't know. <laughs> oh, divided by a common language. It's wonderful. Teddy, um, what does it mean that anyone can wear the mask and how do you wear it? You're still Unmute. muted. I think that what it means that anyone can wear the mask is that we all have the ability to, um, to fight for what's right, to, to help people in need when we see somebody. You know, it's, not, it, it's wonderful for people to have the more uh, lofty goals of, of doing something on a big global scale or national scale. But in reality, if we all just, when we look around us and see people in need and we do something, if everybody did that, then you don't need the loftier goal of doing something massive. Help those around you, especially when you see someone in need, see someone in trouble. And, and I think that in some ways, the, just the common man, um, if it, one of my favorite uh, quotes, it's a, it's a little bit of one, but I'd like to read it. It's, um, it's Theodore Roosevelt's Man in the Arena speech that he gave at the Sorbonne. And, um, and what he's, and, and to me, this is what we can all do to make the world a better place. And, and he says, um, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory or defeat. And if we all, to have that sort of mentality, that can almost bring about a type of 
messiah type complex, which I think is a wonderful thing to have if you're a messiah, a good messiah. And to to have that feeling of empowerment. And if you do something and you fail, so you fail, but at least you are not a coward that is afraid to get out there and to fight the good fight. And so I, that, I just love that. My uncle had um, sent me a copy of that back when I was first starting uh, with my career as being a criminal defense attorney. And, um, and it is a fight. And, and it's important that we have criminal defense attorneys fighting, fighting like crazy to advocate for the preservation of the, the constitutional rights of every individual. And it's imperative too that we have the assistant district attorneys fighting for justice. And when the two get in there in that courtroom and we duke it out and hopefully we arrive at the truth, that, that's what, you know, that's part of it. But, you know, we can all do things in many different ways, but, um, you know, justice, truth, protecting people, helping people, that's, that's what we all need to do. And we all need to not just, oh, woe is me sitting on the sidelines. We need to all get out, get off our rear ends and do something. So, you know, in the words of Nike, just do it. Chase, uh, I'm going to save you for last. Uh, so, uh, John? I kind of divided up the question slightly different um, in how Miles was saying that everyone can wear the mask. Thinking about that in the superhero world, I think it's a load of crap. Uh, that it's, it's similar to uh, a billionaire telling a school, a room full of public school students that Money doesn't buy you happiness. You can do, you don't need to be be rich to be happy. Well, of course not. You of course you would say that because you already have it. You know, money would be kind of good for me right now. Um, or as the uh, kids rather. Same thing with the superpowers. Wear the mask. Not everybody can wear the mask. That's not what everybody's job or or situation is. Um, if if everyone in that world uh, who heard him say that decided to like, okay, I'm going to put on my mask and start swinging from buildings, there will be a lot of dead people because that's not what they're built for. Uh, in the real world, and for the second part, I there was a, there was a song that a group, the uh, Fugees, came out with back in the 90s uh, called Mask where one of the lyrics was, um, uh, you put the mask on the face, on your face, just to make it through the day. As a black man in America for all of my life, uh, yes, I do wear a mask all the time, just so I, I can get through the day. Um, how, how it turns out is that, yeah, 
every once in a while, things like my uh, superhero power <laughs> uh, fantasies come out. But eh, usually, usually it's more so that I help make other people happy with where they are. Or the ones that aren't happy, I give them through the podcast that I have, um, Angry Black Rant, it's literally that, Angry Black Rant, an opportunity to vent so that they can continue to make it through their day. Um, The people that come on and the people on my uh, Facebook group with it, it's literally just blue-collar, white-collar workers who can't who who can't express themselves in their day-to-day lives it gives them a place to do so to to relieve some of the pressure if that makes me heroic then so be it if it doesn't then so be it i've never wanted to be a hero um most of my thoughts would make me pretty much villainous in polite and in polite society um one of the quotes that guides my non-masked life is from Salman Rushdie, where he said, a poet's work is to name the unnameable, to point at frauds, to take sides, start arguments, shape the world, and stop it from going to sleep. That's something that I do. I, I do it all day when I'm not wearing my mask, of course. <laughs> when I take off my mask, that's what I do, you know? Um but that's that's me. I'm. I don't see the world as as good, or progressing towards the good, and I, I'm not alone. And I'm here for those who, like me, aren't looking at this through rose-colored glasses. And that's all I have to say about that. Chase. You are muted. Thank you. Um, so I would kind of say that I am a little bit in between both Teddy and um, John's opinions as far as the whole this whole saying goes. It is a it is a wonderful saying that Miles Morales that the super that the comic book world gave us. Um, just to, just because it kind of creates that idea that at some point. The, I mean, it creates this, like, this understanding idea that one, the fact that we need these heroes is insane, is absurd already. The fact that we would reach a point at which Spider-Man has to step in and save the day instead of all the small things in between that led to that larger moment where it stopped by us in, in between um, on a day-to-day. Um, I think that's where I can side with Teddy on saying like that as far as that is where we can each uh, wear the mask or be Spider-Man or be whoever um when a person's having a bad day you're you're there to be their friend or when a person is just having a simple uh, a, a small petty crime happening to them that we as a normal person are there to help them see see it through to the other side successfully um and i think they're i think they're i think they're great words for a to aim a society um but i mean that but that's where i would fall back on john where it, it's they're also dishonest words at the same time um once you start to think about it not everyone can don a mask not everyone can be a savior um because sometimes when we see that moment we we also come to the realization we just simply cannot and that's that that's where the reality of of that of that mask 
comes into place. Um, so it's just more of a matter of do I wear the mask now? Maybe. Or do I wear it when I see or where, where I do see I, I am going to be a hero. Um, but I mean, that's just how I feel about the comment itself. But as far as where I wear my mask in my world, um, I'm still looking for it. Uh, like I can't say that I proactively do one one specific thing to to push anything in any positive direction. I just I myself like to be a positive person and push the world towards positivity for human beings' sake. So um, I mean, I guess if you want to say that's how I wear my mask, it's just by being a good human being to everybody as best I can. But um, just being a younger person in the world, I I just haven't found my specific mask yet. Uh, I'm not haven't found anything that I'm looking to save or change, but I do see a lot of things worth saving and changing just as a matter of picking one. And that's, I think that's also what speaks to what that whole thing is even saying. At some point you got to pick one and put on your mask. Thank you so much, uh, everyone, uh, for joining us. And uh, thank you for the uh the stimulating conversation i thought it was going to come to blows earlier uh and i was rooting for it uh, <laughs> and then i realized wait a minute there's a there's a lot of miles separating <laughs> people so so much for that uh chase in the um in the tra tradition of the marvel comics where the seasoned veteran uh iron man uh bequeaths as it were his entire uh empire to the young spider-man uh, who is just figuring out who he is. I hand over the entire podcast empire to you. You are now the new head of Angry Black Rats. Uh, so I, um, I don't know if it was mine to give, but uh, that's... That's be a lot more angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know where to start giving my thanks at. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can survive John's wrath, you know you you've earned it. Um, so um, with that, uh, let's let's do some plugs. I know that Andrew had to go early. Uh, Andrew uh, is doing a proscenium. Uh, I get. Proscenium, Andrew and Matt, uh, with various and sundry uh, efforts. Matt, uh, maybe you can uh, tell us uh, what you're working on and where people can find you. Well, Andrew and I work together on uh, Reason Press, re found uh, reasonpress.net or email at reasonpress at gmail.com. So, yes, we do the Proscenium podcast where we just do general conversation stuff that we find interesting. Uh, one on belief and knowledge went up just to today or was it yesterday today i think um and then we also do still unbelievable which is where we have our religious conversations okay um jean uh for the uh small period of time you have it before uh chase takes over can uh <laughs> tell us what you do uh, again <laughs> again uh the angry black rant uh z podcast um and on facebook the Angry Black Rant Z uh, discussion group, best way to get in touch with me. I'm fairly open and hey, if you have questions or anger, bring it. I'm here. I'm here for it. Might even put you on the podcast for it. <laughs> Angry Black Rants. The name seems a little bit, I just can't tell what you do. 
uh, on this podcast. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, Teddy, uh, I know that uh, you have just uh, done a show recently. You want to uh, plug that because uh, that might be up right now. Uh, actually, by the time this airs, it will have been up for about a week. Uh, but uh, anything you want to talk about that? Uh, any up sh- upcoming shows? Anything? Uh, we uh, we um uh, we just did a show with uh, Dale and uh, David Russell and um, Rob Lundberg and Caleb Jackson, and uh, it was sort of response to the show that the skeptics had on what was what was the topic if. if christianity useful for anything or something uh, that wasn't exactly it but that's that's good too <laughs> <laughs> answer still no but uh it, does, does christianity have anything uh useful yeah, to say about something, just not too many good so, uh so i would say that it was a barn burner of a show uh so if you want to see the first start kind of flying i mean not between the people on the panel, but no, just uh, in terms of response. So, uh, but anyway, it, it's a it's a spirited show. Good, uh, Chase. Uh, are you work, working on anything? Um, I am currently Twitch streaming, um, and that's really about it. It'll be Frylock, Fry X underscore X Lock. Okay, uh, on Twitch, Frylock. Uh, skeptics and seekers next week next week assuming that this all came off according to plan uh, the um, first weekend in uh, January we are going to have a very special guest Uh, you'll just have to uh, come to the show to find out but we're going to talk about uh, among other things uh, the uh, indoctrination and um, young people um, and how much can and should uh, Christians uh, say to their children about Christianity and how much is too much and how little would be too little freedom. And uh, we will be talking to someone with experience in uh, the youth ministry. He was a current uh, Christian and practicing uh, uh, minister. I have in my past been a youth minister and i will be taking a very hard position opposed (laughs) uh and uh we will have a couple of other people to balance things out uh our sarah uh our own sarah will be there and of course david russell and our special guest and so you're going to want to stay tuned for that that's going to be fantastic uh otherwise thanks for tuning in it's been a wonderful time to just get away from the politics for a while get away from the infighting and the bickering then again we did a superhero <laughs> show with a lot of infighting and bickering and so i'm not sure how much <laughs> not sure how much we got away from it at all but i i really appreciate these um diversions into uh, utter insanity uh next week Skeptics and Seekers, uh, just as you know and love it or hate it, and uh, we'll see you then. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers, all. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. That was a monster.